Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good. I, uh, I, I, I'm drinking water. Uh, wow. Congratulations. So, thank you. Feeling hydrated right now. Uh, eating some almonds. Um, and my, well, you're eating communal almonds. Let's be clear. I am. Anyone who's got YouTube, get right. I, so us in the apartment, I don't know if like we all get a bunch of almonds at one time and then just like don't know what to do with them. Or maybe this is bulk and I don't remember, but like I have... I just own a whole canister of almonds, <laughs> like in, like a nondescript. Like we clearly took them yeah. out of a bag and all put them in I, a single glass that's jar. That's the weird part is I was like, oh, are they like Costco, like Kirkland brand? And then M lifts them up and it's in this like nondescript, like reusable jar. And I'm like, somebody I had don't... to transfer those into this fancy jar. And I, I don't know if there were already almonds in here. And then I got almonds and I was like, oh, we have too many almonds. We and so have I, just, so many almonds. I don't know what happened, but like at, with like at different times of different days i'll see like allison grabbing at them rj grabbing at them i usually grab them in the morning so like it's just a communal almond jar i just love that this has become just the norm in your household like oh just the communal almond jar it's like when people when you have family okay this is maybe a really niche reference but i feel like like when you go off to college or something and you've been living with your family your whole life and then you start to learn like other people don't necessarily have the same weird (laughs) habits that you did growing up and people are like what do you mean the communal almonds and you're like your family didn't have a communal almond jar (laughs) i didn't i we had a communal chocolate chip jar actually uh well that would be ideal i wish i had that and now I'm with two people who like run for a lifestyle and shit. So now I have a communal almond jar. But um, yeah, I don't know where it came from. This is this is a pandemic thing, obviously. It's one of those random mundane things that have just become part of your daily life. So it's have- also become part of mine because every time we get on Zoom, I'm just like eating some communal almonds. <laughs> it's just really my, odd. My family nuts. Um, but yeah. So anyway, got my almonds, got my water. Um, Anyway, why are, I, why are you drinking water today, or uh, do you have any reason? I, I have I have two things I wanted to say really quick. Um, one is happy, one is not so happy. One is uh, so the not so happy is I went to apologize for last week because I found out way late apparently that there is some 
a controversy with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Whoops. I did not know. And thank you to everybody who uh, put me in check on Twitter. Um, kindly, you all. Yeah, were everyone very, was very, very sweet and, about it. Yeah. I had no idea there was any. Um, Obviously, I didn't either, to be clear. We yeah. were just blabbing on and on. <laughs> we would have said something had we known, and I just had no idea. So I apologize um, to people in general yeah. I guess if you were offended by that one of the things that I thought was interesting is that we talked about like oh how he gave you that handshake that was like so like looking into your soul and then did you read like the Wikipedia did you no. read the Wikipedia okay, no so all I saw was like the main headlines and I was like that's enough for me so well apparently one of the allegations was that he held a woman's hand really like intently like that and looked at her and then it became very creepy and he started to make some commentary and uh touch her in inappropriate ways but it was like yeah like it was basically the story of like he held her hand in a very deep like meaningful way but then it got out of hand this was at least the allegation i don't know beyond that but i was like oh no we literally talked about his handshake Uh, (laughs) apparently that had led to bad places according to um people who've filed these allegations so uh apologies that we didn't know about that yeah uh again i just i'm sorry just a general i'm sorry whoops whoops um not cool so then the thing that is happy and super cool is that as the as of the time that this comes out we have uh three or four days left for the voting on the webbies so if you have already voted thank you so much if you have not voted and you're like on the fence with it and you're like "Eh, i don't know I'm telling you, like, every vote counts. Please, please, please go vote. It's super important to us. And this is a really big deal. And we're very grateful that we even get the chance. So it would just be like a cherry on top if we could win. So yeah. anyway, it would it would mean a lot. And I'm uh, grace graciously uh, begging on my knees. Please go vote. <laughs> please go vote. Graciously, but not... Um... Graciously, while white knuckling to the sky. Please yeah. go vote. Not um, charmingly, not like attractively, but we are great graciously. It's not, it's not pretty. No, it's not no, cute. No, no. You're gonna text people about it later. That yeah, it's... but if if you wanna go do that, it's at bit.ly slash atwdvo all lowercase. Um, yes, yes, and that's where you can yes. go. Thank you in advance. And those are the reasons I drink. Why do you? Oh, drink? another another thing uh, is that we I found out literally within three days of the episode airing on the Summerton Man. They announced oh. they were exhuming his body. And I was like, whoa, because one of my last bullet points was they have refused to exhume his yeah. body up until now. And then the news broke. And um, our it, lovely that's pal. That's eerie. That's eerie. It was Christine. eerie. So uh, the, our lovely pal Jess, who posts on uh, social sometimes for us and does the newsletter, posted like, what a weird coincidence. And I'm like, this is not a coincidence. I have changed the world. And someone needs to give me credit, <laughs> Jess. This yeah. is. N- you know what? C- creating ripples in the community of you know ripples serious the... you know what that's correct it is very odd that within like 48 hours of you talking about it it all of a sudden it was like oh yeah he's gonna be exhumed and in my mind i was like either this is like someone found a, a fake website and like thinks it's real after listening like i was like there's no way this is legit like it was such such weird timing yeah yeah so anyway well done on your um clairvoyance if you thank will. you I yeah. can't decide if I'm clairvoyant or if I just created this. Okay, we get it. You created ripples in the community. We know. Thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm being facetious. Everybody, I know that I did not literally cause the Australian government to change their mind, but, but we you know, did manifest it. We manifested it at least one percent, as did probably others. So this audio vision board sometimes works. Ah, that's fun. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, those are the small reasons we drink, Christine. Why do we drink? Drink. 
Well, I, I'll be honest. I actually don't drink um, right now. And I was going to tell you all because I was like, well, this is some, some news I want to share with you. But then I was like, I'm not worthy of sharing this kind of news, right? So I was like, mm-hmm. I wasn't worthy of sharing it with M. I wasn't worthy of sharing it with you folks. And so I just know myself better than to, even though I just said I created ripple effects in the entire true crime community <laughs> all the way in Australia, I do have a little bit of shame and a little bit of um, self-awareness sometimes. Yeah, And yeah. Um, I recognize that I'm not the, you know, quote unquote, pillar of the community who's who who's destined for this destined to bear this information that's exactly right thank you em mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. instead um i've i have uh commissioned another greater pillar than i to share this news and how do i transition to telling you them where to find this news that i'm not uh, let's say that there's there's a uh there was a an outcry uh from christine uh to relay information on our behalf and you can find that uh christine compiled it very well um we wanted we wanted to do something new and zhuzh it up with the specific sort of information and so you made a very lovely video on youtube I thank think. you well so if you want to find this information in this news you can go to bit.ly and that's why i don't drink Mm-hmm. And that is where uh, it will. <laughs> and it's, was like, it's also how to... <laughs> it's also maybe how I found out this information as well. So you can ride that ride with me. That's exactly right. So I was not as m- <sighs> here's what I here's what I'm trying to say. I was not equipped to share this news with you all in as much as I was who could be. And I was also not equipped to share this information with M in particular. So I commissioned someone else to share the news on my behalf and if you go to bit.ly slash, and that's why I don't drink, you mm-hmm. can you can learn alongside M and everybody uh, what this what, what this announcement is that I just don't feel like, you know, it's just it's not my place. It, it, you know? it must be it must be a visual. Let's just put it that way. It's got to be visual. So yeah, if you yeah. were to um, if you were listening in the car for some reason, it's just not worth only it, yeah. hearing it. In the, it's a full body experience. That That's needs... right. And my voice just isn't cut out. You know, my voice. It this, never was. It this never horribly was. high pitched situation happening out of my face just isn't equipped. Um, so I didn't want to. I want to do it justice. So, uh, you know, I'm stepping aside, stepping off my podium and letting the master um, mm-hmm. who may or may not have a very deep and ominous voice. A brooding, and, brooding voice. Brooding muscles. Brooding muscles, brooding biceps. Brooding smells voice. like bagel bites, maybe? I don't know. Smells, no, no, no. He certainly smells He like smells like strong cologne. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely that's the case. But um, so that person may or may not, for legal reasons, may or may not have uh, been the one to step in. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. just leave it at that. Uh, quite a guest feature let's leave it at that everyone listening is like literally what the fuck are you talking about this makes no sense they've got like they've got one of like five things going on on like what this could be what the announcement could be (laughs) or like zero total just zero understanding um and i don't blame you for that because i really didn't go into this with any sort of script prepared so i apologize for the chaos but you know i just felt like but welcome also and you're welcome also Mm, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is why I drink, at least. That's why you all will probably drink. That's why and Christine is... Doesn't. That's why I don't drink. Okay. Well, yeah. there you have it. And uh, we'll discuss maybe uh, at, in the next episode. episode yeah, yeah. We'll, d- we'll do Episode 222, two, 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 my lucky episode. 
Oh, good. I can't wait to hijack your lucky episode. I was going to say, crash in my parade. That's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. In honor of the chaos that just fucking happened uh, between (laughs) us. I hate myself already when I'm editing this in the future. Like, Christine, why didn't you just write down something? It was genuine. It's that's what that's what matters. (laughs) I'm sweating a lot, so I hope you guys are happy. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so that was chaos. Here we go with more chaos because we are finally discussing the back rooms theory. Oh, I'm so excited. I was hoping this is where we'd be. Uh, here's what's going on with the back rooms theory. We, uh, hmm. So if, if for those of you, if you're listening to this episode before the last one, that's probably fine. But just to catch you up, uh, I thought I was doing this last week. And then I realized <laughs> at the end, I was not doing this Classic. at all. Classic. <laughs> um, and by the way, I want to say everyone was shockingly 
kind. Like I like we got so much positive feedback about that episode compared to normal. I mean, we usually get wonderful feedback on Twitter and all that, but I was noticing like an excess in Yeah, people loved it. Which now I'm like, well, what have I been doing wrong this whole time if everyone loved that and that was an accident? Like what what other power do I have Well, within? maybe it's because you said, "Oh, like no one's going to like this." And they had to reassure you I that see. they did. I don't know. I appreciate whatever I thought it, it was, was a great episode. A lot of people said that I should just start a whole quantum physics show. Oh god! And okay, I was well, like, don't put that in. Anna's I was head. like, well, I was like, also like this was a, a one-off. Like not only a one-off in like terms of me having the capacity to do this, but a one-off in you enjoying me reporting on it. Like, yeah, if I had a quantum physics show, not all of them would be as funny and seamless as that because I would just be confused the whole time. Yeah, I um, feel like, and that was not even just like an episode on quantum physics. It was like it was skirted. Like, it skirted quantum physics. <laughs> It just just brushed up and kissed black holes, you know? <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was not the backrooms theory. Today is the backrooms theory. And to reiterate, it is not the backwoods theory that I kept saying last time either. Jesus Christ. I think that might have been me. I don't think you even No, said I that. listened back. I said backwoods like 10 fucking times. Oh, you did? Okay, good. Uh-huh. Not just me. So last week was backdoors theory. This is backrooms theory. There is no backwoods theory to Yet. clarify. Yet, for all I know, it's going to happen tomorrow. You're going to get a ton of tweets. They're going to exhume the Somerton man, and then there's going to be this backwoods theory of how Wait, he Wait, that would be epic. So the backrooms theory, uh, remember I said the reason that people wouldn't stop talking about it is because it was apparently topical and I didn't know how. Something about TikTok, I heard. Yes. So it already existed before TikTok, or it was already uh, a thing, and then TikTok kind of has this little habit of like resurfacing <laughs> things that everyone already knew but forgot about and uh, so hence your ratatouille t-shirt look the ratatouille was the best thing to come out of this pandemic please don't oh, come fully. at me it, i oh i'm not coming at you i'm just saying this is a perfect example of how tiktok can resurrect something that we've all kind of thought we got past in a beautiful way i mean in i the most beautiful i way. literally bought the ratatouille um playbill and i have yeah. it like in like in the baggie so it will never be harmed and i'm gonna make my children bring it to a show and tell one day when they like report on 2020 and i got a second one as a backup in case that would okay anyway wow you are prepared okay anyway backrooms theory the reason it got big was because tiktok tiktok brought it up again and it was so creepy and vague that people were like what the fuck is this about but part of the backrooms theory um I'm just, uh, I'm already overwhelmed. I'm going I'm to just read my notes. How about that? As I should. How about? So the backroom, the backrooms theory is that um, the backrooms could be another dimension of sorts, or it follows the theory that we're living in a simulation and there is mm. a, a back end in our computer programming of yes. this universe. And the backrooms are the, the back end of the programming that you're not supposed to find. But oh, shit. if everything we know is a computer program, if you could find the back rooms, then you can get into the back end of the program and not necessarily change anything, but you can just like be, you could have access to that space. And it's, from what I understand, it it's seemingly um, multiple dimensions that you can enter with ease once you're in the back end or once you're in the back rooms. Oh my God, I'm so excited about this. I know, to be clear, by the way, everybody, I know nothing about this. I sometimes go on TikTok to read about, like, better ways to clean my bathtub. But that's about <laughs> as far as my TikTok experience goes. So I'm new to all of this. So the I'll, I'll get into the TikTok part of it in a second to better help people on TikTok understand it. Because I did my notes 
And then I checked TikTok just to double check that I was looking at the right thing because I should have done that last week. Oh my god. And and a lot of people will look up like backrooms explained as the hashtag because people are like, what the fuck is this concept? And so most of the videos out there are always just explaining like one part or one um, room of the backrooms or one object Whoa. that you can find. So it's it and it's we'll get there. I'm going to show this is going to be a picture heavy episode. So I'm going to send you pictures in a second Sweet. of the backrooms, which in theory, people have gotten pictures of once they've accessed it. The Backrooms is a large space that we are not supposed to know about, but we can access through, it's called no clipping, which is basically intentionally glitching into the matrix, <gasps> which isn't always intentional. Apparently people can accidentally no clip. I mean, just like how there are glitches in the matrix that sure, you stumble that, upon like you, now. Yeah. I didn't know you could intentionally do this on the other hand. I think that's like, it's usually a one in a million chance that you'll be successful at it, but some people have apparently been able to do it. Uh-oh. So um, it's called no clipping in this case. And I guess it, it stems from like in a computer program, if something isn't clipped properly, there's like a glitch in the program. Okay. Like clipped like or attached in the coding or something. Um, so the back rooms itself, when you enter, you're in the, the main part of the back rooms, which is uh, it's got dim fluorescent lights, yellow walls, yellow, like damp carpets. It's supposed to look really what? like, it's supposed to look like an abandoned retail space, like really Ew. eerie, really eerie. Like in a strip mall situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it's, you're all by yourself in this really like spacious, decrepit kind of place. And apparently for different people, it, it looks more or less withered, but I'm imagining it, it's like. I feel like we've all kind of been there in our dreams, you know, like that's really like, like creepy space. Yeah. So um, it's supposed to look like the back rooms of a bustling shop or a place where you would usually see a bunch of people where and, and you're by yourself. So it's like an added level of eerie. Mm -hmm. um, each level has its own type of monsters, um, which they call entities. I'll get to levels in a second, but basically le by levels, I mean different rooms in the back rooms. It has its own type of entities, and you can also find different items in these levels to gather or trade with people you might come across in the back rooms. What? This sounds like a video game. It's it's all going to make sense in a second. Hang in there, okay? Okay, okay. Hang in there. I, I, I wrote it so it would be kind of confusing, and then it's going to get explained. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so most people who encounter entities only get to, like tell a quick story about it before like gets a report about it online and then you never hear from them again so in theory like the entities ended up finding them and attacking Ugh. them after being reported on apparently in the back rooms time is completely warped and there are um and there's nobody has ever been able to escape which sounds confusing but hang on so once you find yourself in the back rooms you will in theory die wandering through the corridors forever <laughs> looking for a way out of the back rooms um, not only is there not an exit to be found, but the corridors have false exits and traps that get you, that have you like ending up further in the back room. So when you think you're walking through the exit door and you're out of the back rooms and you're free, it's actually a trap and you're deeper in the backwoods or the back rooms than you were before. So to get to the back rooms, you must no clip out of reality, which there's no official way. Usually it happens at random, but there are tips to do it. Which, uh, so if you're looking for a way to potentially glitch out of the matrix, 
find a potential entrance and usually those spots look like places that would be like in a story from the glitch in the matrix like if a a door leads to nothing or if there's a like a corner that looks really creepy and you get a weird supernatural vibe if you go towards that you just try to like think about it really intensely and walk into the wall like nine and three quarters status like just kind of like (laughs) walk into it and okay. apparently it's all about luck. If it works, it, like which is like one in a million chance. If it does work, you will probably find yourself at the main entrance of the back room. So that like poorly yeah, luck lit. Luck sounds like room. not the not luck sounds like not the right word. But I, get, <laughs> I, I guess get, if you're like, trying chance, to chance. do it, uh-huh. if you're trying to do it, then and you quote succeed, then you'll end up in the back rooms that has no escape and monsters. But sure. So, okay, none of that makes sense. I know that. I know a lot of people are like, I'm, this is not your best episode. Hang in there. So, uh, this is a creepypasta. Oh, well, I mean, okay. Yeah. I feel like that explains a lot of things so far. So, it's technically a creepypasta. It's from uh, Reddit, and the back rooms has become this really detailed... And yet also not detailed at all, but a very collaborative um, effort uh, from a bunch of people on Reddit who have built out this theoretical world. (gasps) And so it's kind of understood that there's all these like, like, it's all canon. Like, there's all these rules you have to follow. Mm -hmm. There's all these story arcs. There's different people that you'll meet in certain rooms. There's different monsters in each room. There's different. And so it is lore But so many people have treated it like it's legitimate that I think that's what spawned it on TikTok that a lot of people were like, what are the back rooms? And nobody, I was so confused too, because when I was checking TikTok to like get confirmation about this, nobody, I couldn't find a single account where people introduced at first with like, this is lore and came from Reddit and everyone's world building and it's a fun story to play with. Everyone is just taking it at full face value and they're uh-huh. like, they're like the back rooms are this are the the back end of society, the back end of the world. And if you access it, you will end up in different you know different rooms of your biggest fears and all this shit. And it sounds really creepy. And people were like, "What is this place?" and thought it was a legitimate paranormal theory. And so if you've been on TikTok and been confused and you just wanted an answer, I'm telling you that this has been like a world being built on Reddit that everyone is just really riding the wave on. If that makes sense. That's freaky, though, because I feel like even though I mean, now I'm probably going too far, but I feel like even when people kind of build out these worlds and it becomes a collective consciousness thing, like. I don't know, then I start to get freaked out where I'm like, okay, let's stop doing that because I'm I'm worried it's going to manifest itself. That's what I think it. too. It's like it's like I don't like that. I don't want to say it's like you in in a similar way, but the the worst example I can think of is like the power of prayer or like it's like if well, like everyone yeah, creating is creating your reality. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like giving it that much energy from that many people, then like it's the collective knows? consciousness, which they have proven that collective consciousness can shift energy and can have uh, of causal effects. And this makes me think about last week where just to try to find a way to tie this in, we did talk about the multiverse and if there exactly. are infinite universes, there is in theory a back rooms world. So Yeah, and it might maybe maybe when you go back there, that's how your brain perceives it because that's what you can understand is like a back retail space even if it's just Right. Right. Your consciousness projecting it. Okay, everyone's like Christine, you're really 
No, but it's, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to think about how enough people have put this much mental energy towards it where like, yeah, people are talking about it like it's legitimate. And there are people out there. I'm sure there's some website somewhere that I didn't find in enough time that actually does explain this in depth. But I will say, as a person who was trying to research it, the, the research did not present itself easily. Like they, it's been done very well to like wow. keep, keep people vaguely freaked out and like not really totally understand it. That's why the biggest hashtag for it is back backrooms explained because like people are just like, what is this? What is this fucking yeah, thing? All they can tell is that it's creepy and terrifying. It sounds, it's like, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it was just a little bizarre. So I'm, I'm telling you now, it's just like this thing that, you know, happened online and people are taking it very seriously in terms of like a, a, a world building event. Mm-hmm. And they have gotten to it, they've gotten it to a point where, like I said, uh, people take it so seriously that they think it's legitimate lore, not like Reddit canon. <laughs> so um, I don't even know if I'm saying Reddit canon properly, but I don't know how else to really describe it. But this is where I'm going to start sending you pictures. And I, I'm sorry Ooh. to have ruined it for people. If you wanted me to keep going and say like, oh no, this is real. And then at the end, within, ruin it. Within the next five minutes, I was going to say, this sounds a lot like a creepypasta. And then it would have gotten awkward. And yeah. you would have been like, okay, at, well. At some point it was going to get too fucking obvious. So yeah. And um, also I mean, the things I'm going to say are so like not realistic that um people or at least not realistic in our world and uh you would have been like this makes no fucking sense so what are you talking right. about so i'm gonna show you the original picture of the back uh, the... i've also never forgiven you for the russian sleep experiment episode. that was my inspiration to not I appreciate fuck up. you yeah that was my inspiration <laughs> this time uh okay so text is probably easier than sure chat. yeah okay christine i have your text open already also do i'll do it in geo's trio that way eva has them too so this oh, is good. you're so smart Look, you are right. Um, okay. <laughs> Here is the original picture of the back room. So in theory, you find a part in the wall or like a weird glitchy feeling space. And then you just try to walk into the wall or you accidentally fall into this. A lot of people say when you're sleeping, you can end up in this place when no! you're dreaming. Or maybe you have a better chance at it if you're lucid dreaming or astral projecting or something. But no, any, no matter how it happens, you wake up and you're in the back rooms. And this is what you will probably see first. So this is the the original room. Okay. Oh, whoa. Okay. Actually, this is already. I know. I know. We've already discussed that this is. Um, okay. Is Eva. Awesome. Eva texted in it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like instantly. Instantly. I I probably didn't even really register the picture and just went. I okay. That it. it's. If you guys aren't on, I'm sure we'll post these on Instagram mm-hmm. for clarification. A lot of people were very pleased we did that with Summerton Man and with the ectoplasm. Okay, uh, last perfect. Two weeks ago. Was that two weeks ago? That was no, two last week. week. No, because last week I did the back doors theory. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who could forget? Uh, who could forget? <laughs> so people were very pleased about that. So maybe we'll start putting more pictures up. Cool. Um, on episode release date. But if you're not looking at that, basically, it looks like I'm described like a empty retail space that used to maybe be like an uh like an h&r block or something yeah it looks like it i i was thinking of like a, like an outlet strip store like a strip mall store or something yeah like, but it feels but retail also has, but it also has wallpaper and carpeting which makes it feel more like it feels like a really rundown 80s strip mall outlet store yeah maybe. it's it has the the fluorescent lights, like the popcorn ceiling. I mean, it's creepy. So according to the magnet, the back rooms, this picture specifically is 
uh, one of the reasons it's so creepy is because it gives off a sense of canopsia. Canopsia? Canopsia? What's that? And it's apparently, quote, the eerie, forlorn atmosphere of a place that's usually bustling with people, but now <gasps> it's abandoned and quiet. So, O-M, wow. What's the word for that? Uh, it's K-E-N-O-P-S-I-A. Canopsia. Canopsia. I've never heard of this. Oh, yeah, canopsia. And it makes, I mean, one of my favorite things to look at on TikTok or YouTube or anything. I and I've told Christine this, I've said it on the podcast before. I fucking love abandoned places. Well, that was one of the th- ideas for the podcast. Like before we made the podcast, one of your suggestions was like abandoned theme parks. Yeah, I god, I would give anything to visit an abandoned theme park. <laughs> but so apparently that gives it gives off the same sense of like it's supposed to be bustling with people, but it's abandoned and you're alone and it gives off this creepy sense of peace, but wow. also intense anxiety. So like I can't believe I mean, I can believe a word exists for that but like it's such a specific yeah so it says here some examples are a school hallway in the evening an unlit office on a weekend vacant fairgrounds we have an abandoned renaissance fair in fredericksburg that is very creepy at night people yeah i bet we would party there in uh in high school (laughs) oh that sounds fun (laughs) just hang out in an abandoned renaissance fair um but yeah so so anyway so this specific room this yellow creepy room is known as level zero. Okay. So, uh, cause I, I, in this picture specifically, go fucking figure this Reddit trend, which made its way to mainstream social media, um, happened on 4chan. So it just was <laughs> actually, oh my gosh, oh, we're only a, a week away or uh, we're a week ahead, but April 21st, we're filming this on the 28th. Mm-hmm. April 21st, 2018, so as of three years ago, um, this picture was posted on 4chan, and it was anonymously posted in a forum specifically about cursed images. So <laughs> someone posted this and was like, this feels like a cursed image. It does. Uh, it didn't have what if any- that was like your H&R block and you were like, hey... <laughs> Oh, we were just cleaning. <laughs> In hindsight, this is probably just like the person who had to help move out all of the uh, all the accountant files yeah. and shit, and just took a picture before they left to like prove to their boss everything was at in the clear. <laughs> Look, we vacuumed yeah. really well. <laughs> So yeah, it's supposed to be, it was in a forum for cursed images, but had no caption or anything to it, just got posted. And a while later, another user replied with this caption, quote, if you're not careful and you no clip out of reality in the wrong areas, you'll end up in the back rooms where it's nothing but the stink of old moist carpet, the madness of mono yellow, the endless background noise of fluorescent lights at maximum hum buzz, and approximately 600 million square miles of randomly segmented empty rooms to be trapped in. God save you if you hear something wandering around nearby because it sure as hell has heard you. I'd... So like to not know about this anymore. Can we go back to where I didn't know about this? <laughs> Can it be an H and R block again? Wait a minute. <laughs> I would go back to my accountant. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> I uh, so that was the the framework set up for like okay. So this is just the entrance to literally hundreds of millions of square miles. Because if you if you don't see if you can't see the picture right now, it's kind of. Um, in an illusion where it looks like it's this labyrinth or it looks like it's the beginning to this winding set of multiple rooms and you don't see an end to it. So yeah. um, this was setting up the idea that this is the entrance and the further you go and the further you go, the deeper within these hundreds of millions of square footage you uh, 
you're stuck in forever. and the creepiness of that like it looks the same so you can't find your way back out i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's very maze like so now people like i said earlier continually are world building and giving the back rooms more and more context as if they've been there so that's why earlier when i said people will report on these entities and then right. all of a sudden their accounts go blank and it's assumed that like they got attacked but then I also said nobody ever escapes. That's why right. I was like, I know it sounds confusing, but hang in there. So if anyone has reported on the things that they've seen there and yet they're not supposed to have escaped, it's because they're just on Reddit helping build up a story. Um, <laughs> because their classes have ended for the day and they're right. home with some extra time on their hands. <laughs> exactly. So um, and I will say nearly everything I got uh, information on this from was the wiki page for the backrooms theory or just backrooms. And it is the most extensive series of wiki pages I have seen for, I mean, like, if this is Reddit people just, like, building out a world, like, build out a world they have. Like, I <laughs> I could not get, I like, in the time that I was doing research for this, there's no way I would have even been able to read it all, let alone, like, wow. report it all. I mean, this, the, people are taking this real seriously. So, but the wiki page, at least the first few pages, are supposed to be, quote, a beginner's guide um so if you choose to explore the back rooms on your own in this world where like let's say you go and try to no clip and end up in the back rooms the wiki page is supposed to be the beginner's guide where uh, where people can add information as they discover it on their own journeys to help future wanderers when they explore the back rooms okay so it's basically the encyclopedia for back rooms but they call it they're like oh how come you can see this but it's supposed to be like on the other side of the simulation it's the guide, apparently. Like a hitchhiker's guide to the back rooms rather than... Bingo. The galaxy. Bingo. So... Got it. And when I say people have gotten so into it that it's, like, overwhelming, there are... when I There are different levels, aka different rooms in the back rooms. And there's not just, like, a few, Christine. Like, in the wiki page, there's different... <sighs> The thought of it overwhelms me. Like, there's, um, there are so many rooms that people have voluntarily written about from, quote, their own experience when they visited the back rooms. I couldn't even read all of the different rooms that there were in a, in an amount of time. Like, there, wow. like hundreds, hundreds, like oh maybe God. thousands. And there's, and like, because it's Reddit and it's like kind of stem from 4chan. So there's like people who are doing like playful trolling. Like, it's not just like level one, level two, level three. It's like level negative 420 or like <laughs> negative 7.3 B grandma's house. Like it's like, <laughs> It's like so a truly multiverse where it's like, even if you think like, oh, there's a level eight. No, there's like 10 different sub levels to level eight. Some of them are negative. Some of them are positive. And some when of I say, them are at your grandma's house. Some are at your grandma's house. There's one called level fun, which apparently is not fucking fun. Oh, it's um, like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> there is like random. Uh, I mean, here. So I will show you. I'll send you a link here. And I, I want you to click through it yourself. Um I'll send it in a second. But so even just like reading all the rooms, I cannot give you a proper set of information on this. Like I can't go in depth because there's so many that all deserve uh, like mention. So when it sounds like they're being added to, right? So constantly, constantly. Yeah. yeah. So um, there and not only are there several rooms like that, there's several entities like different monsters per room. There's also like when I say world building, there's these huge there's a huge list of different groups of explorers who apparently regularly go in that people have like written stories about like and I think 
if I'm correct, like certain Reddit users identify as being part of certain groups and then they've all built their own rivalries and alliances and like, and then like all of these groups have their own storylines. Like some of the groups have like disbanded, like literally disbanded. Some of them are being joined right now. Some of them have created in the canon of, am I saying canon right? I feel like I've thought it so many times. you're saying it right. But so in these story arcs, they've also created like little outposts where based on what room you're in, in the back rooms, you can find people from that explorer group selling items that can help you in future rooms. Oh, there's I mean, it's bananas. So, okay, this is just one. This is on the back rooms wiki page and it's called all main levels. This is just the main levels. So like, just click that and tell me how many fucking levels you see because (laughs) good luck. (gasps) <gasps> those oh, no those are M. all individual rooms i could be reporting on right now okay but this is cluster one and then you scroll and oh there's cluster two let's just say there's wow. five clusters and two to date the the quote there's there's at least a level 4010 at least so i wish i was about, do you know what my dumbass was about to I'm going to estimate that there's <laughs> probably a few thousand here. There's literally 4,010. And uh, each right one now. you can click and it'll give you information on what that room is. So it's like, I mean, there's no way I was going to report on all these. There's literally thousands you can click through. So there, this is its own podcast. Like this would be an yeah. endless podcast. Maybe that's what we should do. We should just go through a different room each time. And Honestly. also, uh, and also the the sick part of it with like the like the playful trolling. And I do say playful trolling because it's just like people like building a world together and it being fun. Even though I say that it looks like there's about four thousand amount of levels because the last one I see is level four thousand ten. Someone for fun could have just like there could be like no levels twenty five through three thousand like it's just like they just at random just pick random. like their favorite number and make a level for it and so okay well just for fun I clicked on a random one can I tell you about this one yeah I clicked level twelve fifty six and it's called closet madness oh, and it features millions upon miles wait that's not really correct this level is millions upon miles of closets when you open a closet door it will only lead to others every time oh my god the start of the level has no clothes and okay and rarely has green closet labeled 82 these closets will slowly replace every normal closet these 82 doors will be common in the dark zone the closet doors you open will slam shut exactly 10 minutes after opening them this is a class one area what oh my gosh and yeah so and some of it doesn't like totally make sense like how you were stumbling on certain things it's because those are like part of the storylines for other rooms and so right like like class one whatever it's really like the marvel cinematic universe if you don't start from movie one like you're (laughs) not gonna get all the nuances for every other little thing so it's there's all these little easter eggs and all this that you have to if you're really involved in it, you like we would probably Ugh. be like, oh, the the doors with the number eighty two on it, obviously, like obviously. So it's it gets really overwhelming, and that's just all of the main. That's the main levels. Apparently, here I'll show you this one. There are also okay. just as many negative levels, which I don't even like. Not negative, like in like. I don't think meaning like negatively favored or positively favored, like literally like they're just the number like negative 125 like, or 1000. It's like whatever. getting on an elevator and you've hit floor negative 43,000, like right. for no fucking reason. And I don't know why they're divvied up that way. Maybe they actually do have a difference. I'm not aware of it. 
Well, but, ne- level negative three has a lot of disco balls and omnipresent hounds. Goodbye. Oh, hounds are one of the entities. <laughs> oh, no. So, and some of the entities are good. Some of the entities are bad. While we're Wait, here. Wait, but it has Wi-Fi. Okay, yep. That We're going to talk about that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, fun. Okay. This so, is crazy. Anyway, so, like, when I'm telling you that, like, this is quite a, um, like, just, like, an early intro uh uh, skimming the surface uh, skimming the surface thank you i like totally lost my mind for a second but like i like there's no way i can tell you every single level no. and no one would want to hear that many levels no, either. Right. <laughs> there's no way you could retain that much information so um anyway so th- that's what i'm talking about with those and then i also wanted to talk about the entities which i'm also sending you a, a link to so you can see i d- couldn't even cover all of the monsters that are in this world because there are so fucking many. Some of them are just the seven deadly sins Ugh. created it, like made into the chickens. monsters. There's hounds, there's smilers. There's excuse me. There's a death sheep. Oh, there's death moths, by the way. I don't like that. Um, I mean, it's, there's so many. Okay. Monsters. These are terrible. There's one called children of the broken. <laughs> then there's one just called limb. <laughs> <laughs> Scratcher. These are, mannequins okay oh yeah there's like there's living statues that can kill you so if you like you end up in a room and all of a sudden (laughs) eva went death sheep (laughs) like there's somewhere like you end up in a room and there's like what you think are mannequins but then they're like living statues and they'll like they'll come at you there's one there's one thing called um sticks s-t-i-c-c and those are living stick figures and apparently they'll like they'll sprint at you like ew like random shit. So and it's just like the creation of random people online being like, "Oh yeah, like here's another monster dad. Here's another monster dad." It, it really does remind me of like a a, a creepy pasta where you're or like a no sleep where you're like, "What's mm-hmm. the, what's the weirdly unsettling thing that scares people but we don't even know it would scare us?" And it's like, "Yeah, a, a living stick figure that runs at you." It, it's is one. It's almost kind of in in a QAnon space where it's like every conspiracy crammed together. It's like every no sleep fear crammed together yes. in the back rooms. And they all um, live together happily ever after <laughs> in a big brother style house. I mean, this is awful. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes, to toys, to vibrators, to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So the levels of the backroom, here's a quote. Uh, This is from the backroom subreddit. This is a quote about levels. Levels aren't like the levels of a building. Instead, they signify how deep into the backrooms you are. So with this in mind, there are no levels, just backrooms. The idea behind this is that everything that is seen at a certain level in the backrooms is just a part of the backrooms as a whole, and you don't necessarily have to go deeper to come across it. So in that way... There's no linear way. Right. There's no like, oh, I do level 10, then level 11, then level 12. Because if you're in level 10 and you see a door that says exit and you're trying to get out, you might end up in level negative 3120B grandpa's Grandma's house. house. Yeah, like who knows? (laughs) So like there's the idea is that you are trapped indefinitely because no matter how you think you could escape, you just end up deeper and deeper in the void. Um, The only way it starts out linear for the most part, I guess there's some ways where it could switch or something. But for the most part, the first few levels are linear. And then after that, it just really breaks off into chaos. So you start at level zero, which is that creepy yellow picture I sent you. Right. Um, And then eventually you will find yourself at level one. But as time goes on, the journey, again, it, it can branch off. So when I said in that quote... Things probably won't be done in that order. There's also so many random rules written into the concept, into the the lore of backrooms, that most levels to enter them require some sort of weird loophole or trapdoor. So if you're intentionally looking for like level nine, you have to do certain things or you have to get lost enough to find a certain room that is the only access point into that level. So like, it it gets really fucking crazy. Um, Here's an example because I wanted to at least do, like, with a few of the levels, I wanted to give you, like, um, examples of how people enter them or leave them. Yeah. And I'm only going to give you one because it's such a fucking headache. So <laughs> this is just how, this this is just for um, level zero, the main room. Oh, my God. Okay. And it just goes to show you that people are just constantly building on this and building on this with their own random information that becomes, like concrete knowledge apparently sure so this is a quote from uh the wiki page for level zero you can break through the floor to go to level 27 if you find a scratched wall which is extremely rare it's weaker and breaking into it will transport you into level 111 if you wander long enough you can get through the manila room hallway zzx or room zero which is different than level zero apparently You can take an elevator that leads to level 153 or level 152 or no clip through a broken damp wallpaper and enter level 251 or by entering a white door in level 251. If you punch a hole in a wall in this level and go through it, you will, it will send you to level 4002. And it was recently discovered that staring at fluorescent lights for too long in any level can send you back to level zero. So like, that was the most chaotic thing I've ever fucking read. Oh, that was more chaotic than QAnon. God. As somebody who was literally uh, recently diagnosed with uh, developmental topographical <laughs> disorder, I think that this is actually an attack. And I think you're, you know what think the funniest part is physically harming me right now. The funniest part is that you would be the one who just seamlessly made it out of the back. I, I was I was thinking that I was like either it would be my worst nightmare or I'd be like. 
oh, cool, a wall. I think this looks correct. And I would yeah. like accidentally wander right back into my bedroom. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it was meant for me. It would have to be dumb luck, like just sheer fucking <laughs> of the most lost person. But, but yeah, so like, I mean, that's just an example of all the things you can do in one level. And there's thousands of them. So really, at random, you could pick a wow, level. So that was and one level, but all the rooms at that level? All the And they're not even... I mean, so the, the places I mentioned, you can transport or teleport from level 0. Level 27, level 111, level 153, <sighs> level 152, level 251, level 4002, or the Manila Room Hallway ZZX or Room 0. Wow. So like... None of it makes sense. It's just complete fucking chaos. Oh, my God. And because there's literally hundreds and thousands of them, and I'm not going to go through them, I will at least go over what is called the main nine. So let's do that. So level zero, we've already covered. Level one is the next one that you, in theory, would approach next. And that one's apparently the room is called Lurking Danger. Great. Ugh. Um, it looks different to different people, but it mainly has the same yellow palette with like concrete walls and dim lights. It has more staircases, so it's already hell for me. Well, yeah, um, I was like, wait, I thought there was elevators. Why are there staircases? There's there's stairs in this one. No. There's hallways. There's crates with random items. So apparently the items are important in the lore where like if you see a certain item, you can trade it with other people that you meet along the way. Some of them might be explorers with their own or outposts. Or a faceling. Or a death um, sheep. Facelings are in level one, by the way. Apparently, oh, are they? Apparently facelings are friendly. But one of the well, other creatures... they can be violent, and Oh, I see someone is on the wiki page. <laughs> and well, some, one time there's a faceless child with a red vest. And I'm going to have the worst nightmares of my life tonight. <laughs> so thank you for all of this. There's also in level one another entity called the Skin Stealers, which no! apparently are That's humans. That's the worst one so far. They are humanoid figures who wear the skin of their victims. Here is a quote about skin sealers. Their outer layer of flesh is covered with microscopic bumps similar to the suckers of an octopus's tentacle. Which, by the way, I will say I noticed a lot. I don't know if one person is really into octopuses and and like (laughs) wrote about that on a lot of pages. But I noticed a lot of like squid octopus humanoid creatures. Um, This skin uh, will stick to torn off humans and it oh. will push and pull on it to make the skin of the victim fit until the skin stealer looks identical to a human. So it'll like shrink wrap your skin onto its body until it looks like you. After about 24 hours, the skin will be digested through the surface of the <gasps> skin stealer. And then the skin stealer will enter a docile state and wander around aimlessly. So if you see a skin stealer and he's acting pretty calm, he just ate another human. Oh my god. So that was my favorite part about level one. Again, has all of the crazy fucking chaotic rules as level zero had, but we're not getting into it. And then there's level two, which is apparently called Pipe Dreams. And it is very dark. It has narrow hallways. It has a bunch of pipes that drip black liquid. And apparently it can get very, very uncomfortably warm in there. Yikes. Um, Entities in here include, but are not limited to, uh, crawlers, smilers, and clumps. So crawlers sound horrible, smilers sound worse, and surprisingly, clumps are the scariest. Um, Let me send you a picture of a clump. No, thanks. Eva, are you ready to see a picture of a clump? I'm like, keep looking behind me. There's just one corner and it's like six inches, but I keep looking just in case. Okay, this is a clump. You can find these in level two. You can also find these in multiple levels. It just happens. One of them happens to be designated in level two. So here you go. That's a clump. Oh, 
No. It's basically a clump of limbs that climbs surfaces and crawls through the vents to find you. Um, here is a quote from Wikipedia or from the Backrooms wiki page. Oh, no. Every clump has one very long arm, oh, no. which they can use to grab you from eight feet away. No. Once a clump has grabbed you, they'll reveal a set of sharp teeth and begin to pull you in and eat you. It is believed if you are eaten, your own limbs and possibly fragments of your mind are absorbed into the clump. So it just gets bigger and bigger as it takes fragments new victims. Fragments of your mind. A lot of the rooms have to do with losing your your sanity, obviously. Then there's level three, which is called the electrical station, which apparently is also very narrow and anxiety inducing, but has the strongest Wi-Fi. Um, okay, so, watch some TikTok. It'll be yeah. fine. And uh, apparently the back rooms also have their own cell data and landlines. Useful. Landlines. I love that somehow uh, millennials on Reddit and TikTok still know what a landline is. That's comforting. Well, they, it also has their own like computer sources. Some of the rooms you'll just find like rows of computers. And apparently there's ways to hack into different rooms of the back rooms if you know programs to set up on those computers. So uh-huh. like part of the lore is if you go into this room and see this computer and run this program, then all of a sudden the rooms will like reverse or, you know, wild things like that. So sure. Um, do you hear that? What is that? That's my roommate. They're not my roommate. Basically, my roommate. Fucking Trey songs. Um, I like. I just heard like tapping, it was a, and I was like, it was like, a clump. Actually, I um, literally thought you were going to be sucked in by a clump. Apparently, the Wi-Fi password is "it heard you." Just so you know. <gasps> um, and uh, apparently, once you log on to the Wi-Fi, they advise you don't. But if you need it, it's there. But if you do log in, it. then they then all the entities can track you. Oh well, so never I still mind. need it because. So I can't function. I need to order Instacart later. <laughs> I need to at least get myself a pizza while I'm being eaten by a clump. So maybe if I give the clump pizza, he won't eat me. So who knows? If you give the clump a pizza. If you give the mouse a cookie. Yeah. So level four is an office space without furniture and with windows sometimes, but the windows are trapped. So don't go near them. Sounds like we're back at the haunted H&R block again. It sounds like it. And there's also fewer entities there, which means more people gather there because they feel safe. So a lot of times when you're starting out, if you want to find outposts that sell goods that can keep you safe while you're there, or if you want to talk to other explorers, then you can go to like level four because it's more likely you'll run into people there. Keep in mind, there are also really bad people that are there. So like like it's it's also a toss up there of like, if you see somebody, do you want to interact with them? Level four is apparently easier to find to get back to, which is nice. Um, it also has hot water fountains, just so you know. Um, hmm. Also, the fountains, I will say, so here's a big part of the back rooms, which I totally don't understand. And it had to have been a random Reddit troll. And then it just took off. <laughs> the back rooms are obsessed with almond water. Obsessed with almond with, water. What's almond water? Well, I don't know, but I, I could provide some. Um, <laughs> maybe you're obsessed with almond water and you're just projecting <laughs> my communal almonds so um yeah so the the water fountains everywhere is almond water if you what? find vending machines in abandoned spaces you'll see almond water in them sometimes you can trade like almond water is like a big commodity there and you can trade almond water for other goods to stay alive i'm assuming this is like coconut water but with what okay so according to the wikipedia page almond water is in, in a, specifically for backrooms 
Almond water is a healing substance. Dipping one's hand in the water will soothe and relieve the skin while silencing voices inside the user's head, helping <laughs> one to stay sane. Oh, Raw almond water, however, is poisonous and can cause convulsions and severe migraines. So boiling it makes makes it safe to drink. So now you have to get a fucking stove and boil the oh, shit. Oh my goodness. So anyway, apparently almond water is like the catch-all potion to keep yourself safe. Okay, I'm just Googling this to see if it's actually anything. Uh, I it's got a it, it truly had to have been like a random person on Reddit just created this and everyone ran with it because now it's oh. like a, a theme. Wait, no, it's a popular dr- European drink. So oh. I, I guess it just came over here. But apparently on Shark Tank, uh, somebody's been tr- in this last fall. Somebody came with almond water and was trying to sell it uh, well, to the sharks. It. So must be Perfect. trendy. There you have it. So level five is uh, moving. Just moving on quickly because level five is the. Oh, it says my internet connection is unstable. That's fucking yeah, brilliant. Yeah, you're frozen a little bit. Sorry. Oh, is that better? You're you're back on now. You're oh, good. shit. Okay. Terrifying. It's like the back rooms are trying to... <laughs> hey, hurry. Type in, type in they heard you. <laughs> um, okay, so level five is the smallest level. It's pretty safe, but it's easy to get lost. And it's one of the oldest and most cluttered. There's also another squid humanoid creature there. Who only goes after mentally unstable people, Uh-oh. so I'm dead. We're all screwed. Um, apparently, if you use cell data here, Google Maps will tell you that the location is listed as Hollywood, California. That sounds about right. And there are two different areas in this space. One is uh, a hotel, and one is the boiler, and there are elevators there, but if you take them, you'll die immediately. <laughs> um, okay. Level level six is just pitch black, empty metal rooms, also like a boiler room. It's very dangerous. You will go insane if you find level six. <sighs> Level seven is a room that is flooded by endless water for as far as the eye can see. And on the ground underneath the water, there are skeletons and tar all over the floor. The water is distilled. Oh, thank God. And to leave level seven, you have to find a hole in the carpet underwater or you have to take a door back to level four. I'll take the door. I'll take the door. door. Level eight is the last one I'll talk about, but it's a pitch black cave with many spider-like entities, some that will kill you. Um, also near the dead ends of this cave, people will get dragged down into the ground and their bodies will get slowly ripped apart. Oh, cool. Almond water drips from the cave ceiling. <laughs> Is it distilled? <laughs> <laughs> also, just real quick side note, uh, what you just explained about your body being ripped apart sounds a little bit like spaghettification. I'm just saying. I'm telling you, there's a lot of weird mm-hmm. overlaps here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also, uh, the hub, which apparently is this concrete, uh, collection of tunnels. I think of it as like an abandoned subway station and it's got a bunch of different, uh, tunnels that lead to different back rooms and entities can't gather here. So it's another place where people visit a lot. And then my favorite room is the end, which is not the end, by the way. Um, (laughs) it is, it's a false room to like make you feel hopeful that you're, you've finally escaped, but you haven't. And it's a library with no books, but a bunch of computers. And a lot of people try to use the computers to, like, type in programs or something. Allegedly, it's not real and tricks people into thinking they've gotten out. Some people think it's actually a secret passageway into the true exit, but nobody's ever found it. The true exit, for all we know, is called Level Nothing. Oh. I won't. I'm not getting into all the entities because I, there's just so many of them. But I a think fan I've heard favorite. enough. <laughs> you well, can tell me one more there's apparently this is a popular one because every time i looked up entities this was like the main searched one so his name is jerry um <laughs> okay. he's a he's a blue parrot oh um he likes sunflower seeds and 
almond water. Yeah. And if you don't have any almond water to give him, just avoid him at all costs because he'll try to convert you into his cult following, is what I've been told. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, so if you give him almond water, he's like, never mind, I don't want you in my cult. But Yeah, I guess so. Okay, um, sure. He apparently will, he's like indoctrinated hundreds of people already. They call themselves the followers of Jerry and they call Jerry himself Father Bluebird. Yeah, so, I'm in already. I mean, he's convinced me just by that. I'm in. Didn't take much. So that's one of the entities that you can come across in the back rooms. It's apparently a fan favorite, although sounds like he's already got a little bit of a cult following, so that would make sense. And then the last thing I'm going to say is there are many groups and apparently colonies of like people who have gotten stuck down there, and now they're just people who live in the back rooms. There's um, the groups that are explorers and are intentionally researching it so they can help you find a way out. All in this storyline, if you were to go into the back rooms, you'll find these explorers. One of the groups that's an, ex- an explorer group is called The Meg, which, yikes, sounds a lot like LOL. Megan. But it stands for the Major Explorer Group. And they created a list on this wiki page for what you should bring once you find the back room. So, like, what should be in your, like, emergency kit when you're in the back rooms. Uh-huh. Some of the items include a first aid kit, antibiotics, an easy-to-conceal weapon, but not a gun because the sound will lure in entities. <gasps> Apparently a crossbow is okay. Um, also a timer because since time is warped there you'll need to see how long you've been down there Creepy. Um, obviously almond water and then they said to bring a ski mask to hide your identity but also to prevent frostbite which I don't know what that means oh no <laughs> they also I looked up the page for the Meg on um, on the, the back rooms wiki page and apparently they sell sell in this world their own emergency button for when you're in the back rooms to signal meg explorers to come help you out of certain levels um because most levels lead to death in case you didn't know or like losing your mind (laughs) apparently in their designated outposts or their fake shops in the back rooms you can buy an emergency button for 10 bottles of almond water and according to their back rooms (laughs) wiki page the button is currently on sale it's not just for 10 bottles of almond water it's on sale for either five dollars of almond water or they will sell it to you in exchange for items such as ice cream. So, um, wow. Last thing, fun fact: in case you'd like to see the back rooms on your own safely and realistically, there are many game companies and rising game creators who are making simulator versions of the back rooms for you to enjoy yourself. You know what? Like with that VR, the Oculus, that would be very creepy. Oh yeah, to play That'd something be super like fun. this, like That'd endless tunnels and games and creep. Every room is scarier than the last with different monsters. So anyway, that is the back rooms. That is just the creepiest thing. And um, I've never even heard of it. That's how uncool I am. And I'm looking at this now. It's called Victoria's Kitchen Almond Water. So I don't know if maybe they're sponsoring this whole creepypasta or what. Because it sounds like maybe Big Almond Water has a stake in this (laughs) whole operation. Big all. Big all, you know. So who's just uh, listen i'm not trying to slander them just throwing it out there just saying anyway that is um what people have been freaking out about because they've probably seen like creepy images like the back rooms on tiktok and then they weren't getting like direct answers about what the fuck it really is yeah they were just seeing like the lore written about it and getting really scared so people wanted me to report on it but i'm here to tell you it is uh a, a world created out of reddit as most things apparently are that I talk about. Thank God that one episode I talked about Anonymous, where I like did a whole deep dive into 4chan 
Thank yeah. God, because that has become weirdly useful a few times oh, now. Oh, good. <laughs> like, I mean, QAnon, the back rooms, they're anonymous. There have been so many times that, like, knowing the history of Reddit and how it came to be has somehow found itself in my stories here. I feel like our entire reality is now becoming just created by Reddit. It feels that way, yeah. Um, so I just lit a candle to just cleanse myself of all this, oh. you know, death sheep <laughs> and faceless folks and all this business. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not feeling it. So. I don't know what to tell you. It was intentional it's that I made yeah. you feel that way. So don't worry. You don't need to tell me. I already knew. Perfect. Well, um, I have a story for you that I'm, uh, I'm excited about because I had no clue about it. And it is just one of these strange one-off stories that you don't necessarily hear much about, but that is just bananas. <sighs> oh my gosh. So this is a story of Abraham Shakespeare. And yes, Excuse that is me? his given name. That is a man's Abraham name. Abraham Shakespeare. It is indeed. And you will hear more about him. So huh. we're going back to 2006. Uh, on November 15th, Abraham Shakespeare, a 41-year-old man living in Tampa Bay, Florida, who worked as a casual laborer, just had a normal day. He was, according to the Tampa Bay Times, he was assigned to ride shotgun for a truck driver that day named Michael Ford on an overnight food route to Miami, uh, basically where they just drop off groceries and food at different different stops and almond milk or almond water at different <laughs> just outposts. almond water don't you dare say <laughs> almond milk we're gonna have to bleep that out em. i'm so it's sorry i'm so sponsored sorry. We by almond we water weren't sponsored we weren't sponsored by the by the dairy version apparently the non-dairy <laughs> version so uh they were dropping off almond water at all these different spots and they made a delivery in winter haven then uh, a town star mini mart in lakeland nope sorry in Frostproof. Florida. There's all sorts of fun names down there. Yeah, wow. Um, and in Lakeland. And then Ford asked Shake uh, Shakespeare, Abraham Shakespeare, if he wanted anything. And Abraham asked for a pair of Quick Picks lottery tickets worth two dollars. Hmm. So they're on this drive, and this guy Ford is going to run inside the mini mart, and he says, "You want anything?" He says, "Yeah, can you buy me a couple of lotto tickets?" So that night, the lotto numbers came out, and Abraham. One big. Oh, how big? Yeah. How big? So according to the Florida Lotto website, to match all six of the jackpot numbers would be a one in 22,957,480 statistic, but he had done it. Ah, he didn't just win him. the lottery. He won the jackpot. He won $30 million. Oh, good night. And I know. So he won big time. Uh, do you want to guess what the numbers were? Maybe you'll win. I have them here. <laughs> How many are there? Six? Uh, six. Is 22 one of them? No. Yeah. Well, then I'm not going to win. Uh, is, <laughs> you is lose. 49 one of them? Nope. Well, neither of us were going to win. Okay. All well, right. they were 6, 12, 13, 34, 42, and 52. Wow. So he won the lotto. And uh, it was $30 million. He won the jackpot. And according to The Sun, instead of choosing annual payments of a million dollars, uh, Abraham opted a to a once-off payment of $17 million. So that's like with all the taxes and everything mm. uh, taken out. So he got $17 million handed over to him. So if I'm going to give you, you know how they say like, oh, you know, back in, to give you some context of inflation, like a gallon of milk cost this much back yeah. in the 30s versus now. Yeah. So I'm going to give you kind of a little um, 
just a way to kind of comprehend this magnitude of money. I can't so, wait. Uh, yeah. So if you're picturing what might $17 million look like, if you went to Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum merch store on his website, <laughs> uh, you'd be able to buy... copies of his new CD, Necrofusion. Stop uh, it! (laughs) Which retails for $9.99. So if that's something you'd like to purchase. How much uh, to purchase the Haunted Mansion? How much to purchase Zach Bagans? Oh, uh, probably. He's priceless. I now, you know what? That was more than seventeen million dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, He's more than seventeen. Worth every penny in my eyes. Worth so. every penny. So this was obviously a game changer for Abraham. Um, he had been born in Sebring, Florida, in 1966, and had dropped out of school after the seventh grade. He was at a state-run juvenile detention center from ages 13 to 18. He was never taught to read or write. He had no car, no credit card. He was making $8 an hour. And the Tampa Bay Times tells us that, quote, he had a long criminal record. Mostly he loitered. He drove when he wasn't allowed to drive. He stole. He hit people. And later he didn't pay for the child he fathered. He went to prison twice. After he got out in 1995, he lived with his mother. So that was his background. And when he collected his winnings, he said, I don't have to struggle no more. And he put that ethos to practice straight away. Mm. And despite this kind of checkered background, you might say, uh, he was an extremely generous man and pretty much immediately, like, tried to make it right with everybody that he owed that he felt that he owed oh okay yeah so when the government called upon the almost nine thousand dollars in child support he owed for example he paid that and then put one million dollars in a trust fund for his son Mm. um his life as you can imagine like completely flipped upside down he bought a 2006 f-150 pickup a 2007 bmw and he bought himself a 1.1 million dollar house that was 6,519 square feet large. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Decked out with a pool and two two-car garages. So big old house. He also bought a separate house for $125,000 to uh, with plans to rent it out. Huh, and wow. yeah, so not only was he kind of buying himself stuff, he also started giving money away. Question. So he, yes. Question that has nothing to do with this. I just have a human question oh yes ask what would if you had that much money what would be the first thing you got the first thing like i purchased yeah like what would be your like your big your big thing i mean knowing me i'd be like wow we should all go out for sushi like i would really (laughs) like i wouldn't like be able to comprehend really i think i'd i'd be too afraid of spending a big amount of money i think i wouldn't know what to do what would you do instantaneously i would get the back to the future shoes that are worth like 50 grand. oh yeah that's a good one then i would get a first edition charizard from the base set uh sure. then uh a delorean without question uh-huh, uh-huh. and i would get it all fixed up to look exactly like back to the future part two set of the delorean uh-huh and when would you pay me pay me back for all that you owe me no no all the I, many no, t- no that's no I, <laughs> no that's not in the plan <laughs> And then I would get like, and then I would get like one of every like official. I would buy out like a Captain America shield from Marvel itself, which is like each shield is like thousands of dollars. I feel like I would be afraid to be one of those people they always do features on where they spend all their money and then they're broke. Like I'd be so afraid of like spending all my money. Collectively, all of those things would cost. Well, a Delorean is about thirty to fifty, and then getting it souped up. Let's say, let's say sixty. Thirty to fifty million. 
No, no, thousand dollars. Oh, oh 60, my god. And then another sixty. It probably I would need like a quarter million dollars to like live out my wildest fantasies, and then the rest a I could. A quarter I million? Would, that's it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, and then, okay. And then I would pay you the rest, like because I, mean, I, are... I owe oh, you that much. You. <laughs> so. I mean, there are cars that cost more than a quarter million, so I'm uh, surprised that that. I mean, I'm going to sushi, so I shouldn't judge, but um, <laughs> we'll eat sushi in my Delorean. Okay, that's the joke. Okay, right here we go. I think I would probably like if I were going to spend a big amount of money, I would probably go on like a vacation like I would go on a trip probably with my family or something like I would like that's do sweet. like a, a big hurrah and I would help my mom um redo her kitchen because she's been talking about that for probably two decades and I'm like it's about time somebody just does her damn kitchen just 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 fix up the kitchen I mean you've seen the house you've seen our house you it needs some work I would I would then spend my money to have it redestroyed just to <laughs> yeah, put the creepy balloons back on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to like take you away from the story, but I just like that was like No, it, that's actually worth worth the money for sure. Felt right. Um yeah, I would probably buy I would probably like open a like a little store and go on a vacation. I don't know. I don't know. I would get I'd get like a like a oh I oh, I'd get like a like a like a tree house a treehouse uh-huh. mansion in Canada. And then I would also have a tiny house, like, to park underneath yeah, the treehouse. You know so then what? I have two floors. But that's a great idea. Like, I would get a, a place in, like, California so I could come, like, stay. I mean, I guess we have the apartment. But I would get, like, you know, a, like, a permanent place. Or I would get a place uh, near Blaze's family. I feel like I would just try to, I don't know. Have a little, have 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 your little footprint on all Spread sorts of the world. out. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, so sorry, not the most exciting answer, everybody, but I'll think about it. Maybe I'd buy, oh, you know what I would do? I know what I would do. Buy a big farm where I, like, rescue animals. You are, uh, you've got quite the tender heart. And meanwhile, well, listen, I'm like, I want a tree house and a Captain well, America shoe. No, but, like, I'm in, you know, I'm in, uh, I'm in Ken- Kentucky now. There's a lot of land out here. I would just buy, like, a big thing of land, but then I'd have to hire people to take care of it that's where mm-hmm. i think the money would go because i'm not about to <laughs> no, learn how to till the land okay so your heart have... is in it but your hands are not yes help I see. yeah i'm just <laughs> flailing around like help the aminals like i'm too stupid to actually know how to do it but i'd probably buy like an elephant sanctuary i don't know i would probably just do stupid stuff that that ends up answer. like i don't know listen it's a good answer i'll probably think about this all day and continually text you with all my new updates so perfect anyway anyway oh wait i'm such an idiot that's not what i would do i would buy 1,708,543 copies of zach bagan's necker fusion what was i thinking i was shocked that didn't come up but okay stupid i take it all back i take it all back that's my answer (laughs) at the end uh anyway so he starts buying he buys himself two cars he buys himself a house uh makes sense a rental property and he decides to start paying back the people that he felt had looked out for him and cared for him throughout his life. So with that in mind, his stepfather got a million dollars. His three stepsisters each got a quarter of a million dollars. And he paid off his friend's $185,000 mortgage. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's very generous, like right away. He gave his brother's son's best friend forty grand. Damn. He, <laughs> no, that's, a good, like, that's, a, that's a good friend of my son, apparently. That's three degrees removed somehow, and you're still... <laughs> Man, that must have been a smooth-talking son of a friend of a friend. Uh, He paid $60,000 of a mortgage for a man whose last name he didn't even know. He paid off $53,000 of a mortgage for a man, as Abraham put it, out of the neighborhood who he'd been knowing for a few years. So just kind of people around in his life he was starting to pay back or at least support financially. 
Uh, and then he even started paying for people's funerals. If they couldn't afford their family members' funerals, he started paying for those as well. And Polk County Sheriff Grad Judd would later comment that it became common knowledge that people were tugging on him for money, so much mm. so that people even began lining up outside of his house to try to talk to him, Ugh. which, again, is what you hear that if you win the lottery, don't announce it. You don't. You immediately yeah. is what I've heard. I mean, not that I have plans to win I've, the lottery. I've, I've heard the same thing, too. Like, just don't tell anyone because, like, even if you're trying to be wonderful and helpful, like, there's going to be people who take always advantage people, of it. Always people. Always people. And, like, especially if you have a hard time saying no. And, and, you know, people you know and people who just have bad intentions. Um, and I think the thing that I've heard, at least, so everybody listening out there, Google this before you take my advice. But if you do win the lottery, I've heard that you should immediately hire some a financial person to take mm-hmm. that money and keep it yeah. and be careful with it because it's so easy to just, like, not know. I mean, even when we started our business and we started, like, making money for ourselves rather than, like, a job, we were like – help what are taxes like it's oh, yeah. so confusing it's like it's, yeah oh no the the responsibility is outrageous it so. is and that's not even a million let alone 17 million you know yeah, no. so i can't fathom but yeah they say like find somebody like profession not a haunted h&r block like a real uh <laughs> a real financial office that can like be responsible and help you and also i feel like that would be a good way to say you know if your brother's cousin's daughter's dog needed a million dollars you could be like oh i'm sorry you know my my money financial manager yeah is handling and i can't so i feel like that's a good scapegoat yeah i'm this is me giving lottery advice to people you're giving really good sound financial advice we'll have to call leo later and be like did everything christine say make sense <laughs> it's gonna yes? be like or... actually we're, we've been fielding calls from lawyers you're really <laughs> fucking shit up stop telling people what to do with their we money. don't want to help you anymore <laughs> actually we've already discontinued working with you as a client <laughs> Good luck oh with taxes goodness. next year. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Um, we already know you're going to be in jail. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, people were lining up outside his house and because they knew, hey, this guy's just handing out money. Like, I can ask him for money. He'll hand me money. So one of the people to hop on the bandwagon was Abraham's colleague, the man who had actually bought the ticket, Michael Ford, who they remember they had been... Um, on that mm. car ride together, yes. dropping off almond water at all the quickie marts. I remember. Yeah. So he actually uh, decided in April 2007 to make the claim that Abraham was a liar and a thief and had stolen the lotto ticket out of his own bag oh, or God. out of his own wallet. Yeah. Okay. So smooth move. Um, he took him to court. And at the trial, which began in May, Abraham arrived with garbage bags full of all the lottery tickets he had bought over the years. He had so many lottery tickets that he's like, oh, yeah, I stole these from your wallet. Well, like, look at these thousands of tickets I've bought over my lifetime and tell me that I had to steal these steal tickets from you, you know? Mm -hmm. So he brought those in and it slowly became obvious that the verdict was pretty much a no brainer and Ford was just jealous and wanted a chunk of change for himself and was probably bitter he didn't buy the right ticket or who knows what. But so on October 19, 2007, the jury found Abraham not guilty of stealing Ford's wallet. Um, it only took them an hour to reach that decision. And even though it was a good outcome for him, it did cost him eight uh, $800,000 in legal fees. $800,000. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Whew, that's a number. That's I don't even understand number. that number, really. But yeah. It's a How many zeros? Number. A million? Holy shit. Too okay. many for my brain to comprehend. Um, so he, now that it was over, he told the Tampa Tribune that he was – Looking forward to waking up in the morning, getting a fishing pole, and going fishing. 
So at this point, right. he's like, I just want to be myself I, and be, you know. I clean my hands. I wash my hands from this. I wash my hands of this and I go catch some trout. So <laughs> by this point, Abraham had obviously become overwhelmed with the amount of people from friends to complete randos asking him for money. And with his generosity being tested, one of his childhood friends even remembers a conversation with him where he revealed, I'd have been better off broke. <gasps> yeah. So he gets Whoa. to a point where a couple people confirm this. And there's a guy that we're going to bring up later named Gregory Smith, who was a friend of his and uh, was his boss for a while. And Gregory becomes like a big player in this. But basically, he was saying... Yeah, he got to a point, Abraham got to a point where he was like, I wish I'd never won the lottery. Like, that's how hard wow. it was on him. And that's how much stress and hardship this was bringing him, is that he really wished he had never even gotten to that point. He wished he had been back to the old old ways, which is yeah. quite a, sounds like a parable of some sort. I don't know, <laughs> but it's it's really sad. So he basically was in of the mindset that I'd have been better off broke. Wow. Um, so he said, I thought all these people were my friends, but then I realized all they want is just money. So, you know, he realized he's being taken advantage of. He's like hemorrhaging money, basically. Right. Um, and one stranger who had found out about this generous lotto winner. Here we go. Her name is Doris D.D. Moore. She was a 37-year-old white woman, also from Sebring, Florida, who was a wheelchair-bound writer and businesswoman who decided that she was going to step in and do a good deed for Abraham, this mm. generous lotto winner who was being tested by the world and by uh -huh. other people. So Dee Dee hears about Abraham's success at a business conference in Kissimmee, Florida, where real estate agent Barbara Jackson was like, hey, we have this client in Tampa Bay who actually won the lottery and he won $17 million a few months ago. So Dee Dee's like, ding, ding, ding. Uh, you need to put me in contact with this guy okay. because I want to write a book about him. So, okay. okay, sure, whatever. So this uh, Barbara woman puts Dee Dee in touch with this man, Abraham. And they agree to set up a meeting and they decide to meet at Abraham's house. And this is pretty much immediately where the red fl flags begin waving because the agent later recalled to the Tampa Bay Times, quote, when Dee Dee came to the house, she jumped out of a Hummer walking. She said she what? had healed herself from the car accident that had put her in a wheelchair through scuba therapy. Okay. I don't I don't know enough about having your legs not work and then you do scuba and that I, well, I feel you like it doesn't sound right. It doesn't you, sound Well, what you don't understand is that it was scuba in almond water, not regular uh, water. And that is a healing property, that's as what I've I'm, learned. That's exactly right. So yeah. you you take a little dive, a diveroo into some almond water, and those legs be fixed right up. Mm -hmm. So she comes running out of this Hummer, and she's like, oh, yeah, that? Oh, don't worry. I took scuba therapy, and I'm better. And it's like, mm, okay, weird. <laughs> All uh, of a sudden, I want to take scuba therapy and figure out what was wrong the whole time, and like didn't I didn't even notice it until like I do scuba, and then all of a sudden... I'm like a hundred times a better version of myself. All of a sudden you'll be like explaining black holes in quantum physics and we'll all be like, wow, the yeah. next genius on this planet. Also, um, yeah, because I did not mean that like like she's better because she can walk now. That is not how I meant that. I that felt like it sounded uh, Don't worry because, I mean, she was not actually 
weird. I just meant like, let me go scuba anyway. dive and then see like if I can sleep less than twelve hours a day. You know, like something like let's see like how how does it manifest in every person? I mean, it's, it's 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 scuba therapy. It's not magic, okay? I wouldn't <laughs> okay. expect so much. You're right. I'm sorry. It I'm has sorry. miraculous healing properties, but not like that <laughs> extensive. You know what? I I it was too much. It was too much. You're right, man. I mean, and to be fair, she was in a wheelchair, allegedly, due to a car accident. It wasn't like, it uh-huh. was like an injury, rather, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Allegedly, anyway. I just didn't, I didn't mean to offend anybody with my uh, poorly thought out joke. Sorry. No, I understand. Did not we, land. We all think you're hilarious, don't worry. Um, so, she shows up, comes running out of this Hummer, and is like, oh yes, scuba therapy, do not even worry about it. And uh, anyway, so they meet in October 2008, and they decide to chat about this book idea Dee Dee has. Okay. But then she suddenly decides she has a bigger calling in this whole scenario. Scuba? Is it scuba? Is it almond water? It's scuba therapy! No. She's like, I have a great investment opportunity, sharks. It's called almond water. <laughs> So she decides she has a bigger calling and she can do so much more for this poor man uh, mm-hmm. as a businesswoman herself. Mm. Yikes. So she has heard about Abraham's generosity that has been taken advantage of and the fact that he spent a lot of his winnings already. And she decides, you know what? I'm going to extend the generosity back to you with all of my extensive business management skills. Mm-hmm. So they agree that Abraham would allow Dee Dee to live in his house rent-free in exchange for her, quote-unquote, business management. Ugh, okay, here we go. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I see where it's going, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's not good. It's it's red flags galore. So with that in mind, uh, Abraham signs his houses over to Dee Dee's company, American Medical Professionals, LLC, which sounds like the most generic company yeah. name ever. Uh, and in January 2009, he gives her ownership of all of his outstanding loan uh, loans, which amount to $400,000. Mm. And Dee Dee claims this is to ensure that Abraham doesn't get screwed over by people again. But from a police perspective, the first notable event to come out of this uh, new relationship mm-hmm. uh, occurs in November of 2009. So November 9th, 2009, a man named Cedric Edom reports to police that his cousin Abraham is missing. Ugh. Yeah. So what's even more bizarre is that Cedric hadn't seen Abraham since April of that year. So to give you kind of a timeline or to like recap this. So in January of 2009, he signs over his houses, his bank accounts, everything to Dee Dee. In April is the last his family sees him. And then in November, they report him missing. And so... It wasn't just Cedric. His family also hadn't seen him in all of this time. But they kind of didn't think much of it because they thought, like, he was out traveling. I mean, he just won $17 million. They're right. thinking, like, oh, I'm sure he has stuff See going you on. never. Yeah, Write right? Me. Like, oh, yeah. Sh- you're at your, uh, your, what did I say? I was going to buy a house in, I don't know. I'll come up with something better than Connecticut and California. Okay. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your house that's your tree house i know uh can you imagine if you bought a tree house and i'm like hi i'm your neighbor you'd be like oh no i left I'd the be country like, i would close my the blinds aka the leaves of my <laughs> tree house <laughs> you'd i would put like one leaf at a time try to would, hide from I'd me crisscross the branches until you were no more <laughs> oh my god you'd put a bunch of rose bushes so I, the thorns <laughs> would keep me from entering Yeah, so basically they're thinking, oh, he's probably just running around with his money and trying to kind of get away from all the stress and all these people who keep asking him for stuff. So they didn't really think much of it for a while. 
And uh, his friends had remained in contact with him via text. So they thought, well, like, we're talking to him just because we haven't seen him. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, another person who had heard from him was his mom, Elizabeth Walker. So a couple months ago in August, Abraham had sent her a card for her birthday, which had included a cross, a $100 note, and Abraham's signature in his all-capital handwriting that he was known for. Okay. And uh, uh, everyone up until this point just assumed he had been trying to escape all the people who were taking advantage of him and calling him constantly literally lining up outside his house so they just thought okay he's probably just you know taking a break from the world sure so they thought uh there was another incident that happened around this time which is that he had had a second son born uh, to a much younger woman that had sort of spiraled him into this frenzy because he did not see it coming it wasn't part of his plans and they thought maybe you know this happened all this stress and he just decided to take time off and go elsewhere so in an interview dd revealed to officers don't worry he wanted to be missing okay (laughs) wow i'm sure every serial killer has wanted to try that one out about can you imagine like you can't come up with anything better than that uh She says he wanted to be missing. He was off enjoying a holiday, and he had actually recently talked to her about traveling to the Caribbean Sea. And they're like, oh, yeah? And she's like, oh, interestingly enough, I actually have a video of it. And they're like, a video? And she's like, yes, let me play you this videotape. So she has a video that she had filmed earlier in the year, and this is the conversation. And they do play it in, like, the 2020 episode I watched. It goes as follows. Dee Dee says, do you get tired of people asking you for money? You're just ready to start living your life, huh? He responds, they don't take no for an answer. She says, so where do you want to go? He says, it don't matter to me. I'm not a picky person. She says, California, foreign country, Cozumel. Are you going to miss your home? And he said, if I miss it, but life goes on. And so she's like, see, he wanted to leave and I video recorded it. And they're like, why did you video record yeah, it? Yeah. Like, was this, this like, weird. was this like off the cuff? Like, like she left the camera on, on the counter by accident or was she like, she was like, holding it in action. Oh. Yeah, she's holding it. And it's so sketchy because you can't even tell if he knows he's being filmed. It's sort of like this shaky, like, so tell me, do you want to leave this country forever? It's so, so I'm calling sketch. it now premeditated murder. It's <laughs> yes. It's premeditated fully because it's like oh i have a video of him saying he wants to leave the country first of all what a weird what weird odds that you happen to videotape this moment yeah. second of all in the video you're going do you want to leave the country do you want to escape yeah. do you want to get like, away like f- like throwing him low ball leading the witness so- yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh so let's see she's like no no this is proof that he wanted to be missing so friends and family start to become more suspicious uh and one friend uh, said, it would be amazing to me if he just up and left. It was so out of character for the man who used to show up at the Super Choice supermarket every day. So this guy had a life here. He was going to the supermarket every day. He had friends. And they were like, I mean, I know he, you know, won all this money, but it just doesn't strike me as he doesn't strike me as someone who would just peace out on his whole life. Right. But, you right. know, I guess it happened. So nobody quite knew. But in December, Abraham's mom received a more detailed letter from Abraham explaining that he was fine and that he liked being missing. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> I beg to differ, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So on the surface, like maybe a letter like this would be comforting, but instead it was immediately disconcerting to all of his family and friends because remember, he had never learned to read or write. Oh, <laughs> that is a red flag. Red flag. Uh, that's a bright red flag. Yeah. 
That's a hot pink red flag. Hot white. It, is, <laughs> that, it goes back to white all of a Burning. sudden. Burning. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. It's actually a pile of ashes. It was so hot <laughs> that it just melted. Uh, it's actually but, a bolt of lightning from the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're all we were all being smited. Yeah. So his mom is like, okay, I got this deed, and his poor mother. She's like in her seventies. She's just worried about her son. She gets this birthday card from him, and she's like, I guess he's fine. And then she gets this long ass letter, and she's like, wait, wait, wait. He didn't know how to read or write. Like he couldn't. <laughs> hang even, on, my son can on. write. What's going on here? Yeah. Did he learn to do this in Cozumel, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> right. And also, for someone who's never written, I bet you he had beautiful handwriting. Mm-hmm. You know? I know. I mean, even some of his friends were like, yeah, it was weird because he would text me, but, like, he he didn't know how to spell. So, like, the texts that were coming through were, like, really well written, and, like, it's just not how he wrote. Wow. Um, so just all very fishy. And uh, so, you know, this is when they were like, uh-oh, something is wrong. But what followed in December of 2009 was a call that Abraham made to his mother that quote unquote Abraham made to his mother where he spoke to her on the phone and said, don't worry, I'm fine. Everything is fine. So really fishy, really shady. And it would only be a month later, December, I'm sorry, January 29th of 2010 that investigators were led by a tip to a backyard of a property owned by 23 year old Shar Krasniki. So this 23 year old man, Shar had a property and underneath this property under nine feet of dirt they found the body of 42 year old abraham it had been buried under a newly constructed slab of concrete he was found wearing red denim trousers a white Mm. shirt and a bomber jacket but his shoes had been removed along with all metal like the zipper of his coat and so apparently somebody had been thinking of metal detectors and had removed right any metal off of his person so clearly this was a Again, premeditated. Yes, exactly. Like, this was clearly not an accident. Um, So Dr. Dolette White, who is an assistant medical examiner, would discover in Abraham's autopsy that his body was mummified, partially skeletonized, and that he had been underground for a few months. Oh, wow. Well, I'm not so surprised, but just what a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. It's it's really... Especially he was such a nice guy. He was just trying to help everybody. I I mean... It's really... It's It truly is, like oh my god i almost said shakespearean it truly is like very fucking tragic it's like something good happens and just downhill cursed all the way until the end um and i will tell you every episode like 2020 and uh true crime daily the number of shakespearean references wink wink they're like Uh but she was but this shrew wouldn't be tamed and i was like oh my god get out of here dorky but they they didn't act like they were being funny. They took it very seriously. And it was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I I hate love it. I hate love it. I know. It. I was like amused, but I was like, oh, are we not laughing at that? Okay. I get like, it. If I didn't need serious. this. If I didn't need this for my own research, I'd be really impressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this, shrew, this shrew wouldn't be tamed. So yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway, so they find his body, obviously extremely tragic. He had been down there for months and two bullets were found lodged near his spine and his heart. So he had mm. been shot twice. Jeez. So now you're thinking, who is Shar Krasniki, this random dude? Well, my friends, it turns out Shar was the boyfriend of none other than a uh, certain Doris Didi Moore. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. There you yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's her boyfriend. So that being said, Didi claimed to be just as surprised as anyone else. 
uh, that her boyfriend had the body of her friend Abraham in his backyard. Guffaw. Guffaw. Egad. Egad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess guffaw means to laugh, doesn't it? But Oh. Egad is good, Egad. Egad. Egad is excellent. Uh, Egad. So she is shocked. But then then she's like, well, maybe it was drug dealers. And... uh, also, maybe it was his lawyer who killed him. So she just starts spiraling into like wow. all these potential things of what could have happened. Yeah. She even blames her own 14-year-old son and says, well, oh. maybe he shot him. <laughs> that's a toxic relationship right there. Blame yeah, your child but not your boyfriend. Thanks, okay, mom. Yeah, wow. So then she suggests, well, maybe I had something to do with it, but it was self-defense. It, she's all over the place. So on February 2nd, 2010, Dee Dee Moore was taken into custody and charged as an accessory after the fact. Although Dee Dee continued to assert that, quote, the money was like a curse to him, and now it's become a curse to me. God knows I would never take another human being's life. Ugh. That's why uh, I made my boyfriend do it. That's, (laughs) well, 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 I'll give you some more details. Uh So we got some more details here that suggest otherwise, Miss Dee Dee, that maybe Mm. you are full of shit is another way of saying that. So now is where we do act three, the curtain kind of... The I see closes. what you did there. That we all three. clap and then maybe gr- like get a gin and tonic refill. I'll sit back uh-huh. down. I uh, get my raisinets, a spray. You get the raisinets and a Sierra Mist. I grab my <laughs> large vodka and we sit down and we're ready for Act Three, where everything comes and we're like, to oh, a head. Oh, we beat the, we beat the bathroom line. Oh my gosh! Now we can just sit here and get back to our texts real quick. Check yeah, the playbill. Yeah, just check I know. a few things. Make sure the babysitters, you know, watching Geo uh-huh. and yeah. everything's fine. Yeah. So we're back in Act Three, and this is where shit's gonna go down. So. Mm. As a recap, we remember Abraham won the lottery November of 2006. January 2009, he transferred his home over to Dee Dee. And uh, turns out that wasn't the only thing uh, that she was transferring because all of his financial assets started to slowly trickle into her account as well. So while she's, quote unquote, being his financial manager, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just, you know, his house that she's taking over. It's just slowly she's taking money straight out of his bank account. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that she, the following month, like the month after he had signed over her house, uh, his house to her, she bought a Chevy Corvette uh, for her boyfriend, which came out to $70,000. Casual. Damn. <laughs> Woohoo. And a week later, she bought a 2009 Hummer priced at $90,000 for herself. Didn't she and... already have a fucking Hummer? Yeah. So she had two. Now she now has two a, Hummers. It's a new Hummer. Oh, right. Okay. It's the other 2009. one was. She bought a 2009 Hummer. Uh-huh. I, I'm sorry. She, the uh-huh. first one was a 2008. It was too grody now. Got it. Yeah. What, what you think she'd be caught dead scuba diving <laughs> in that thing? I don't think so. Uh, she paid for both with a cashier's check from her business account. In other words, she's transferring hundreds of thousands of dollars into her own account Beautiful. from him. Uh, and it would later be revealed by her ex-husband's videotaped interview that Dee Dee then, quote, asked him to dig a hole on her property with a backhoe that april so she could hide chunks of concrete from a building inspector oh. uh he said she called me one afternoon wanted me to come dig that hole she told me she was going to put concrete and stuff in it said james moore i left she called me back later asked me to come and fill it in and that's what i did moore said he knew nothing about abraham's murder or details of his ex-wife's relationship with abraham i've never met the man he said i've never seen the man i never put no body in a hole okay so that's so where we it. stand he dug the hole, but he's like, she told me she was putting trash in it. 
I didn't know there was going to be a body in it. I feel like if anyone asked me to like dig that big of a hole, I'd be confused. I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't ask. I would wonder, but I wouldn't ask. Yeah, it depends. I wouldn't do it because I don't know how, but that's a different story. <laughs> like, I don't know how to fuck to build a whole, big dig if hole. I, if I had to dig something that looked eerily life-sized body-shaped, I think I would I would play <laughs> dumb, and then I would, like, go tell the police anonymously, be like, just so we all know, I dug a hole. I don't know what's going in it, but it looked, it was a specific size. and I, just I would never dig the hole. I'd be like, sure, I'll do it tomorrow, and then I'd go to the police and be like, she wants me to dig a hole. Can you check? Because... I don't want to dig the hole. So if you could find some criminal activity and I don't need to dig the hole, that would be ideal for me. Can you imagine if she really just wanted him to dig a hole and the police fucking showed up that morning? <laughs> the police are like, what are you doing? And then the police leave and then the two of you are just stuck looking at each other. And she's like, so you thought I was a murderer? And he's like, <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll dig the hole for free now. I'm sorry. She's like, I was just going to put trash in here, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks that shows what you think of me so yes he dug a hole and he was like what the hell i had no idea that's what it was for and it was later found that the timeline would sync up with the timeline of the murder obviously so as i mentioned earlier the last his family had seen of him was april of 2009 but his cousin hadn't reported him missing until november so it turns out uh which is it turns out that that months long span is probably testament to dd's keeping up uh, with his cell phone. So basically, mm. during these months, she would send text messages to friends and relatives. And uh, friends, like I said, would later claim, like, that's weird. They didn't sound like him because he didn't know how to spell. So this was, like, really well written. Uh, mm. It's not how Abraham used to write. And if big questions ever came up in the text, she just, like, stopped responding. And after reporting his cousin is missing, Cedric revealed to police that Dee Dee had actually paid him $5,000 to hand over a birthday card to Whoa. Abraham's mom that August, pretending it was from Abraham. Wow. So Cedric was like, well, I think the the jury, not the jury, that's not the right word, but like the the basically the consensus ended up being that he did that because everyone, a lot of people assumed he was fine and Dee Dee was insisting like, no, he really is just traveling. But could you just like give this card to his mom to make to make her feel better that like nothing's wrong? And I so see. he like took the money and did it. But then he was like, I don't know, something feels weird about this. So he told police, hey, just a heads up, like she had me do this and something feels off. Good. Yeah. See so, something, say something. Take the money first, then say uh-huh. something. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, That's get not paid, my advice. Get paid and then and then blab. Yeah. Get paid, then blab. Uh, and turn on your alarm because i don't trust that people aren't gonna try and come after you um <laughs> let's see so uh so he brought uh abraham's mom a birthday card from him and that was the card that i mentioned earlier that she had received that was signed with the hundred dollar bill and a cross um so after cedric filed the report for his missing cousin in november and investigators began their work on the case Dee quickly took action So it turns out that the month after Abraham was reported missing, she sold her friend her recently bought Hummer for $49,000. And remember, she paid 90 grand for it. So she just handed it off for like 50 grand because she said she was in need of quick cash. Okay. And around this time, a new main character steps onto the scene. And I alluded to him a little bit earlier, but his name is Gregory Smith. And Gregory is a friend of Abraham's. He owns a local barber shop. And not only was Abraham a good friend of his, but he had also worked odd jobs at the barbershop before he had won, you know, $30 million. Right. Can you imagine a multimillionaire just doing odd jobs at your barbershop? Okay. So actually, 
Well, okay. I'll get to that later, but yes, I maybe can he's a very humble man. Maybe he's just it's literally what happened. So okay. Okay. that's part of his his character I, that we I remember. Eat my words. I eat my words. So exactly. But before the lottery win, like that was his kind of one of his odd jobs was working at the barbershop and he was a friend of Gregory's. So they were pretty close. And because he knew Abraham, Gregory also knew Abraham, Abraham's mother. And Dee Dee knew about this, and she took advantage of this connection. And she asked Gregory to call Abraham's mother on the phone, pretending to be her son. Mm. This is a little sketchy, but this is another situation where, like, Gregory is the one interviewed on... He's, like, the main character in most of these kind of documentaries, these crime, like, 2020. And he explains what happened. He said, you know, she she was, like, really upset, Dee Dee. And she was like, he's fine. I swear to God. Like, he's on his way back, probably. Like, he, I swear to God nothing happened to him. But can we – Can you do you mind calling his mom just to ease her worries? She's really stressed out. She's really upset. She's in her 70s. Can you just give her a call to make her feel better? So he took $300 to make the call. Uh-huh. He agreed. Okay. And uh, he uh, told 2020 he thought he was just giving Abraham's mom some peace of mind while they waited for him to come home. So Dee Dee took Abraham's mom to a loud restaurant. And when the phone rang, she said, oh, that could be your son. Maybe you should answer it. <laughs> okay. God, sneaky, sneaky lady. Okay. So, wh- so, you know, the mom answers the phone and Gregory's like, talking in kind of a stilted way he said he was trying to talk the way or the way abraham talked right and uh apparently abraham's mom was like okay sweetie like you know gotta go gotta go (laughs) the phone hung up and apparently Dee Dee assumed that the mom had been appeased and all was well off her case so what gregory didn't know is that police had already had their eye on Dee Dee, and (gasps) they were therefore tracking her phone Fun. Okay, got it. I know. So they caught the call coming in from Gregory, and shortly after he made the call, he was pulled over by police, who had okay. tracked his cell phone. And instead of arresting him, they offered him the chance to help police bring Dee Dee down. Okay. So he had no idea Dee Dee was even involved in any of this, and they were like, "Hey, a uh, fun fact: that lady that you just kind of helped out." Who paid you three hundred bucks? She's actually like wanted in the connection of the dis- in connection with the disappearance of your friend. Can you please Ugh. help us out? <laughs> Can you imagine being him and he is like, oh my god, I totally helped facilitate yeah. like this weird escape that she got the thing she got away with. Exactly, and it's it's sort of like it's a good thing it happened because it allowed the police to kind of bring him in to be part of the team. But also, right. it must just feel so icky afterward to be like, I didn't know I was a part of that. This. You were contributing to like furthering his disappearance or whatever. Yes, ex- like covering it up exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is why he starts. He gets really involved and he's dedicated to bringing her down because he's basically like, I knew I needed to make up for this and I need needed to make it right. Um, and so he's like, yes, I agree. I will. They didn't even know at this point. I want to point out this was before because we had, you know, act three, we'd gone back in time. This was before they even knew he was dead. They just knew he had vanished and he was reported missing. So Gregory doesn't even realize that he's dead. But he's right. like, OK, they the police think Dee Dee has something to do with this. I'll help figure out what it is. So he began meeting with Dee Dee regularly, building rapport. And they offered to put a wire on him, but his direct quote was, I'm from the streets. I know how to do this. And so he's okay. like, back off. 
<laughs> okay, Mr. Greg. Okay, Mr. Gregory. Gregory uh, had a plan. He wow. took a Red Bull can. He cut off the top of it. He hid a microphone inside the Red Bull can. He put it in his uh, cup holder and, like, uh, put the top back on it. And then he would use it kind of as an ashtray so that she wouldn't question, like, why right. it was in the compartment. And so he had this just old can, this old Red Bull can, and inside of it was a microphone. So That is can, pretty old school. That is pretty badass right pretty there. Pretty genius. I mean, it's better yeah. than, like, being wired up, you know? He just had this little yeah. mic in the between them. And it worked great. Like, you can – they play all of the conversations and you can hear it. I mean, it's – he did a good job. So they had a ton of meetings. I mean, this whole time she thinks he's on her side. So apparently there was $63,000 that Gregory owed, I believe, on his house. Okay. And uh, I think Abraham had loaned him that money. And so Dee Dee was basically saying, I will forgive that loan. You won't have to pay me back or pay Abraham back if you help me do this. If you help me. That's just, I mean, it feels fishy, though. It feels like if someone gave me that offer, I'd be like, that's a that's a really one-sided, that feels only useful to me on my end. Like, yes, it, right. Like if someone, if someone said like, oh, you don't have to pay your grad school student loans if you just like make a phone call, I'd be like, something's yes. up. Some, yes. I don't like that. Like I like it, point, but I don't like it. I like it. But I don't. I, I don't want to like it. But I do like it. I like it, but it feels like I will get like someone's gonna be mad at me, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe I'll regret this. Uh, and so, you know, obviously she doesn't know he's working with police at this point, but she thinks, well, I mean, with the offer of basically like forgiving sixty three thousand dollars in debt, mm-hmm. like he's just gonna agree to it. So right. she thinks he's like fully on her side. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I don't remember if either she offered to pay him 63000 to to cover his mortgage or if he had already been paid that and she was forgiving the loan. Okay. All I know is there was $63,000 in play that he would no longer need to worry about if Got it. he helped her. And mm-hmm. at this point, she hadn't made it clear yet that he had died, but she had made it clear that something had happened mm. and that she needed his help to steer the police away. <laughs> Okay. Again, (laughs) just another reason for me to be a little hesitant, but okay. A little worried. But again, you know, with the promise of like 63 grand, she was thinking, well, I mean, it's not surprising he agreed to this. Like, it's a big chunk of money. And if it saves his butt financially, then maybe he'll go along with it. Mm Mm-hmm. So they had a ton of meetings. She thinks he's on her side. And she tells him, if police ever question you about any of this, you should point them to this guy named Ronald. And he's like, who's Ronald? And she's like, oh, it's a drug dealer I made up. So. Uh, (laughs) Mr. McDonald? Is that who we're talking about? I know. That's my first thought, too. And she basically said, this guy's Ronald and he's a drug dealer and he's very dangerous. He's not real, to be clear. But this is the guy we're going to pin this on. And uh, Gregory's like, yeah, sure, totally. Ronald, got it. I'll tell them Ronald did it. So in January of 2010, Gregory had built up enough rapport with Dee Dee that she confided in him. And finally, she says, hey, I need to know if you know anyone who will confess to law enforcement for the killing of Abraham in exchange for money. And this (gasps) is when Greg finally knows, like, okay, Abraham is dead. And obviously, it was just a horrible, horrible feeling to know like there wasn't even hope left anymore he was definitely dead um and he said it was really difficult to hear but it also 
gave him away to help Abraham after all the help he had given him during his life. So he was right. like, okay, this Aww. is my chance to make... I know, it was really sweet. He was like, this is my chance to make it up for him or make it up to him. So it becomes apparent that he is not the only person Dee Dee had tried to pay to take the fall. She had spent a lot of time by this point trying to find a scapegoat. And when that wasn't working, uh, was looking for someone she could pay to excavate Abraham's body and move it to another location. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. And she's desperate, which, you know, does not usually lead to a smooth, secretive operation. (laughs) No. So she tries offering the mother of Abraham's son. So remember how his he he had fathered another son right. uh, during this right. time. So she tried yes. offering the mother of his son 200, a $200,000 house in exchange for telling the police she had seen him recently. Uh, okay. Spoiler alert, she ends up testifying in court and being like, <laughs> this woman's fucking shady as hell. Uh, so that didn't work. Gregory seemed to Didi to be a more promising and trustworthy lead. Little did she know. So she was like, I need help. I need you to find somebody to take the fall. And he says, oh, I know just the guy. His name is Mike Smith. Um, Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's I like how she, so quickly, I know someone oh, immediately. Don't worry. I, I have just the guy for this. Mike is and just as shady as we are. Don't His name you worry. is Mr. Smith. And by the way, I'm Mr. Smith because I'm Gregory <laughs> Smith. And also there's now another Mr. Smith. It's Ugh. just like. She's pretty damn stupid. So he goes, oh, his name's Mike Smith. This guy's an undercover cop. I think probably none of us are shocked by this, but he's an undercover cop. And he shows up and he's like, yeah, I can do this, you know, and he's wearing a wire. So Mike shows up. He's posing as a jailbound drug dealer. They meet in a car park. And like I said, Mark is wearing a wire. And this is the conversation that ensues. Dee Dee, the situation has gotten big. I am in way over my head. Undercover officer, we can do this, but I'm going to need a body. Dee Dee, why would you do that, though, for me? Mike, I'm going to prison anyhow. Dee Dee, if you do this, you're going to be a very popular person. You're going to be a legend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mike, once I go ahead and confess to this shit, they done with you, but they're definitely going to want the body. Dee Dee, okay, deal. Like I said, I know there's a body. I'll fix everything, where he's at and everything. And then what do you want? Mike, $50,000. Dee Dee, okay. So they come to this agreement that... Mike would be paid $50,000 to take the fall for Abraham's death. And he said, I'll take that money, go to prison. I'm going to prison anyway, but I want to give that $50,000 to my family. So she believes this story. And four days later, they tell her. So at this point, Gregory's telling her, well, we need a weapon. We need to prove that this guy killed him and we can't prove it without an actual weapon. So she's like, okay, I'll give you the gun. Oh, my God. Okay. Idiot. So she shows Gregory Smith and Mike the concrete slab where Abraham is buried. And she also gives him the 38 Smith & Wesson revolver that she had used to kill him. She's immediately arrested. Perfect. And in the investigation, it becomes apparent that this fraudulent behavior had not been a one-off at all. It was discovered that Dee Dee had once come up with a ruse to keep her Lincoln Navigator, which was like she was behind on insurance payments. So they were going to take it from her. So she comes up with this wonderful plan. Uh, basically, she had someone store the car in a garage in Pasco County. Then she staged a scene where she taped her own wrists, threw herself into a ditch, and claimed. And when she was found by a group of people, she claimed that she had been kidnapped, sexually assaulted, and carjacked by three Hispanic men who then stole her Lincoln Navigator. Whoa. She even agreed to a rape exam, but she pleaded no contest for the charge wound up being guilty for fabricating this whole story and just got a year of probation. So she already had a shady as fuck history, uh-huh, this lady. Okay. 
So December 10th of 2012, Dee Dee Moore was found guilty of murder, was sentenced to life in prison. I mean, they literally have clips of her talking and saying, like, I have the gun. I'll give it to you. Right. Right. You know, I it's mean, like how much more I would, stupid like, wouldn't you can be, be worried? Like when a guy just shows up and is like, oh, yeah, I'll do this for you. I would like $50,000. Like what? It feels she's so dumb. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just not maybe I'm not in the right headspace, but it feels like. Everything you've told me, this entire story, every step of the way felt shady. I don't it's know how so nobody shady. picked up on this. I think she's the only one who didn't realize it because everyone else is like involved and is like, wow, this lady's just fucking walking her way into prison. Like she's just <laughs> right. blabbing skipping. and blabbing. Skipping. <laughs> skipping, yeah. hopping all the way to prison. Yeah. So she was sentenced to life in prison without parole. She, They have some clips of her in the courtroom. It was a really dramatic trial. She kept breaking down into tears. She at one point said she went into anaphylactic shock while in custody because she had a cut on her ankle and took like some antibacterial thing. Oh my word. Because she had a cut from her handcuffs. So she started stumbling over her words and she said, oh, my tongue has gone into anaphylactic shock. I mean, this woman is fucking cuckoo bird. And uh, she also, when they were like, well, she claims her to this day, insists she's innocent. And every time someone says who did it, she's like, this is so embarrassing for her. (laughs) They have her in the interrogation room and they're like, well, we know you did this. She's like, no, I didn't. This was the work of a drug dealer named Ronald. Oh, good night. And they go, oh, Ronald. And she goes, yeah, his name's Ronald. He threatened to kill my son. I know he killed. And they were like, girlfriend, we have literal clips of you saying you made up ronald like how stupid she's God. like oh ronald's a fictitious drug dealer i made up and then she's fucking in the interrogation room she's like there's a scary man named ronald and they're like you met we know you made him up what are you talking about lady what a looney tune wow she's but cuckoo bananas so she was described as a sociopath by a psychiatrist who said this classic sociopathic behavior of somebody who thinks they're going to outsmart everyone, even when they so clearly aren't outsmarting anyone. She just, just believes. like, literally delusional. Delicious. So confident. So confident in her brilliance that she thinks she's going to talk her way out of this, even though literally nobody believes her. Mm. It's on tape that she's <laughs> a murderer. Wow. So essentially what happened was, at least what she's been convicted of, is that um, she got all of his money. He found out about it as an Abraham, he threatened her. And so she killed him first, shot him. So obviously this is all about money. Not surprisingly, Mm -hmm. she had been stealing it from him. He found out. And then in 2017, Dee Dee appeared in Channel 4's documentary, Women Who Kill. And she used this and every other platform uh, that I've seen her on to prove her innocence. Um, She does these horrible crocodile tears that are just like I had to mute. I had to mute my laptop. It was so obnoxious. She's like, I mean, she's just like wailing. Tell me they she mentioned Ronald and then they did a side by side where they played the audio of her saying <laughs> she Ronald mentioned Ronald. Real. She mentioned mentions Ronald in every freaking interview. And it's like she's just trying to create some backwoods theory, backdoor theory where <laughs> she's like, no, this is real. I swear. Uh, so crazy. So she says, I had money. I didn't need money. I could have made as much money as I wanted. Abraham was worth more to me alive than he was dead. I would not have killed a man in the only carpeted room in the house. Come on, I'm a woman. Like, okay. Oh, that has a lot of things I could comment I would on. I okay. never threaten the carpet of this beautiful mansion. <laughs> not me. This oh. beautiful McMansion carpet. <laughs> so since 2017, Bustle has reported that Dee Dee is looking for a retrial because her original attorney didn't allow her to testify. However, her attorney says, oh, no, she insisted she would not testify 
She's just blatantly lying. Oh, good. And uh, she she claims that Greg Smith had tampered with the jury and she maintains her innocence. And in the 2020 documentary, this is my favorite part, she explained that she would never hurt nobody. I liked Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Disney and Tinkerbell. Excuse me? Well, that's and, how you know. And I liked SpongeBob and time travel and, and many other... Like, what What does that mean? What does that fucking mean? She is so Looney Tunes. She's on there going, I could never hurt anyone. I like Disney and Tinkerbell. It's, <laughs> it's so... Like, honestly, it's so infuriating because you're like, I know you murdered this man and you are being a little bitch about it. I mean, it goes to... Sh- I mean, it goes to show you that, like, how void of reasoning she is where... Yeah. For for you to think like oh here's how I'll prove I'm not a murderer I like Tinkerbell it's, it's like embarrassing it just proves like you are not on the same realm as everybody else if you think that's what equates it's to- delusional yeah and and nobody believes her not one person nobody even gives her the time of day and she just is so insistent she says I think people who don't believe me are stupid and ignorant and have no brain cells and I was like okay. wow okay yeah well. Well, final. I don't agree. <laughs> no. Well, oh, don't you? But she likes Tinkerbell, so. Oh, well, my bad. Okay. Yeah. So, final note here: Abraham Shakespeare is survived by his children and his mother, Elizabeth Walker, who is devastated but remembers him as the kind of person who, if someone asked him for help, he was always trying to help them. And I think that was very Aww. much showcased by his, you know, lottery winnings. Um, yeah. His friend Greg and the owner of the barbershop loves to share stories of Abraham to this day. He told, now this goes back to when you were saying, oh, can you imagine somebody working at the barbershop? Yeah, yeah. He told one funny story of Abraham still coming to sweep the barbershop even after winning all of his millions. Uh, he would come in and sweep and Greg would be like, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm just cleaning up like I'm supposed to. And <sighs> he would occasionally pick up pennies and he would say, why are you picking up pennies? You're a multimillionaire. And he would say, I've got dollars, but pennies make dollars. And I just thought that was really wow. sweet. Wow. Wow. What a just genuinely good I know, person. I know. It makes it really extra tragic. And in somewhat incredible news that barely seems credible, which I guess makes it incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this headline appeared in the ledger in 2017. Quote, mother of slain lottery winner Abraham Shakespeare's son. So this is the, mo- the mother of his son mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Wins one million dollar jackpot in Lakeland, Florida. What? She won a million dollars in the lottery. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, that's so bizarre. Isn't that wild? Like the no odds way. of that must be like astronomical. I I mean, how what was the what were the odds for him? And then like, what's another like million? Right. Of a rate. I mean, whoa! It's, isn't that mind blowing? And so that honestly, like, it sounds uplifting, but to me, it sounds ominous because of what happened last time. Somebody in this family won. Yeah. The if I if if I won the lottery after like the the uh, my my friend Abraham, my relative Abraham, did that, I'd be like. Oh, we're telling fucking no. Oh, I'm like, donating this to the donating, Bird Society I or whatever exists. This. The first charity I find. I wash my hands from this. Yeah. So that. weird, weird coincidence. Uh, and that is the story of Abraham Shakespeare. Wow. Well done. That it's um wild, wild. Wow. You know what? So yeah, well, I mean, this is just for me, but the the fact that some the, the the last thing you said that that she ended up winning the lottery that's weirder to me than almost everything else in this story statistic um, that, because statistically like that makes that's so out there that really threw me that really threw yeah. me um wow anyway okay. i mean 
well done. That's a great, it's, that's a sad story for him. It, like you never actually, um, not that you don't ever talk about, you know, victims who like were really wonderful people, but he really just sounded like nothing but a kind person. And I know it, it's, so it just sad. makes it extra tragic that like something that was supposed to be so good and exciting was like a curse was his downfall. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really sucks. So that's the story of Abraham Shakespeare. And uh, this was a weird, it felt like kind of an alternate universe episode. Uh, it just felt kind of did. bizarre. Um, our story seemed weird. But if you want to learn about our fun announcement, you can go to bit.ly slash. Um, and that's why I don't drink. Or you could vote for us for the Webbies, bit.ly slash vote. You could do whatever you want. You could go do, buy a lotto ticket. Do both. Also get a lottery ticket. And then if you win, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Except us. Except we us. would I'm... like Patreon donors to, to tell us <laughs> if you win the lottery. Just kidding. Uh. Oh. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week for my my lucky episode, 222. Can't wait. And? That's? Why? We? Drink. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.